Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Oh, hello, hello. everyone. Hello. Hello. I'm Allie. And I'm Allison. And welcome to Ruined, the live show. The live show with our fabulous new glow up. I know. Isn't it incredible? Hopefully, <laughs> with our girl, I will not constantly be losing my internet access. I have an ethernet cord. We have a whole setup. So we are set we up. apologize to everyone who saw the last live show and saw me truly at my worst. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I think I've take... seen you worse, but. Oh, sure. 100%. <laughs> you might see me worse tonight because I was, um, I think I had more anxiety about this because we're doing a full month of screen yes. versus like, if I blow, if I ruin, you know, malignant, you're like, I don't understand it. Watch it yourself. You're not going to understand it anyway. Right. It's fine. Grieve <laughs> is built on the mythology. So I want to be like, oh, I got to remember this. It's and the a character lot. Remember that. Yeah. It's a so lot. So I wanted to do a great job. And so very, I'm a very smart person. And we are both no, we're intelligent, intelligent people. And I think we proved that week after week on the show. And so what better for an egg, already anxious person? An espresso martini. I mean. And, um, you know, so I'm going to be sky high. It's so late for caffeine, and yet I did not opt for a decaf version. I fully just used actual espresso. <laughs> yes, we had suggested, oh, if you don't want the caffeine, which many people pointed out incredibly right. It is no, 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 Sunday you're right. evening. It's Sunday night. And, uh, Absolutely. Um, and I also was like, I'll go to Starbucks, you know, get the de- like just a cup of decaf espresso. Didn't do it. Am drinking fully caffeinated espresso yep. in this. Couldn't be happier. I also have really enjoy. We're going to be um, ripping through this episode. <laughs> and so, in case you didn't know, which I'm assuming you did, because you bought a ticket, we are this is we are doing Scream Five. Really, it's Scream 2022, but I Look, the SEO alone it's five makes it cream. difficult. We know it's, it's five, five cream. cream. Call it five cream. This is the five cream live cream, oh, and we really appreciate wow. you guys joining us. So thank you for listening to all of our Scream episodes and, of course, for attending this live show. Yes. And before we get into it, we did want to read two emails oh. we received, which we thought we would like to share with you. Yes. Really, we have such a lovely um, listenership, and we really appreciate when you email us. So we, we just wanted to call out these two gems. Yes. So, Allison, if you uh, want to read one first. I will, I will first. start with this one. This came in just the other day, and I, like, texted Hallie and our group that helps us make this do this podcast, and I was like, Please look at the email that just came in. I am obsessed. The title is, I make the knives that the killers use in Scream. (laughs) Uh, And this listener wrote in and wrote, um, I make the knives that the killers use in the Scream movies. I saw the first Scream movie for the first time in October of 2021. Welcome to 1996, I guess. I wish. I wish you could go back. I would love to go back to the 90s. with a friend and got so excited when I recognized the knife the killers use. It's a 120 fixed blade hunting knife from Buck Knives. Not only wow. do I work at the factory where they are made, but I work on the exact area where they make the knives in particular. And the 120 and the 119 are used throughout the franchise, although the model in the first scream is a modified 120. Uh, the design of the knife has not changed much since the 90s. Um, 
The factory still makes both of them. I don't want to like read too much here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we don't need to know the history of the knife yes, per but, se, but it's incredible. And also, it's a, I hate to say it's a beautiful knife. It's like a it's perfect a knife for film. It is the most perfect uh, stabbing knife that I can think of. And it makes sense why it wouldn't have been changed because stabbing hasn't changed. Look, Butchering, hopefully an animal, has not changed since correct. the 90s. Yes. So thank you so much uh, to our listener who sent that in. We all, you know, were texting and giddy when you sent that. Like, what a what a fan to, ha- to find. So we're so happy um, that you shared that with us. Thank you. And thank you for your great work. Yes. I mean, they they seem like beautiful, high-quality knives. Yes. It, they, they, um, do, they did make all of us, like, as we were talking about, we were all like, should we buy knives? I mean... I mean, and how much are they? You know what I mean? They how, where, does it, where does a knife fit in my budget? Right. I don't know? know. I don't I don't allocate too much money per month per, for knives, but, you know. Do you want to say the first name or the initial of that person just so they they know we, yes. you, we know who gonna, they we're are? I'm not going to identify you, but L, first initial L. We'll leave it at that. L, thank you so much. And again, yes, we're very uh, sticklers for identity theft, as you probably yes. know if you're a listener. Yes, um, know. Um, speaking of identities, you know, uh-huh, I sure, think like sure. um, there's something that has emerged uh, over the course of the first four films is um, uh, one character whose identity still mm-hmm. remains somewhat obscure, and that is, of it, course, Neil Prescott. Very enigmatic. Um, Sydney's father, seemingly no past, no future, has no interest in anyone else's past or future, and loves to go on a business trip. The man, the Delta Miles, this guy must I have mean, up. I mean, he is are hitting the expo circuit in a way that I just haven't seen before on film. And he must be like, I have to go on another, I have to go to another conference. conference. I have to travel because I need the points. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's probably like, oh, I could go. No, I'm gonna go. It's a points grab for sure. And because the franchise at no point identifies what he does, he other than traveling, in my mind, for reasons I, I still not clear on, decided he is a carabiner salesman. Yes. So he sells carabiners, you know, for um uh hiking and and spelunking mm-hmm. and so forth. But also, just to put on your water bottle. Remember when that was the thing? An analogy. Remember when I was in college? Yes. Analogy, an exactly. analogy. That had stickers on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fraud of it all. So somebody wrote in, and they had uh, come up with a theory about this, about Neil Prescott's career. So I would like, this is from A. Thank you so much for emailing in. And the this is called uh, Scream Neil Prescott Theory. Okay. And uh, she praises us, tells us how great, oh, that part's all true. That's really great. And he said, we know the, that Woodsboro's in California, which we have established in the franchise, but far from both Sonoma County, where Sydney moved to get away from her past, mm-hmm. and Modesto, where Sam Carpenter is living in Five Cream, as we will find yes. out. Therefore, it is probably in Southern California somewhere. I, that makes sense in terms of it was shot in LA, so it looks like Southern California. Yes, not North Carolina, as I misidentified it throughout the first film. <laughs> And right. in other I mean, movies, I'm always North Carolina focused, and I'm sorry. <laughs> right, and all of our information about North Carolina is, say with me, wrong. wrong. Okay, wrong. so we're going to be wrong about that. Yep, every time. Um, they point out, you. we also know that Neil met his wife in 1971, so his job probably goes back to then, so it makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Ta- doing a deep dive into carabiner companies. Wow. I think that Neil Prescott worked for Black Diamond Equipment. It was originally located okay. in Ventura. Okay. But in 1991, it moved to Salt Lake City. And this is why Neil Prescott has to, has gone so much. Yes. He's a legacy employee, the best damn carabiner hawker in the biz. He's been with them since the 70s. So when they moved to Salt Lake City, he became the head of West Coast Operations. Obviously. And he's on the road. He's attending conferences. He's flying back and forth to headquarters, wheeling, dealing, etc. After his wife died, he threw himself into his work even harder. And that is why he's essentially a ghost in his daughter's life. Sad, really. Oh. Thanks for the pod. 
A, thank you so much. Thank this you. absolutely makes total sense. I love this theory. It's I don't even I don't even want to call it a theory. I love this absolutely correct assumption and fact about uh a a major character in this franchise that also we don't yes. know anything about. I mean, he is like regularly everybody's like first suspect, and yet like we don't know anything about him. And I guess the thing is, I guess if you're already sort of an emotionally shut down father, you know, you don't know how to take care of your teenage daughter after your wife's dead. I mean, I imagine the other murders probably didn't help that. Correct. So it makes sense. You're you're throwing yourself into your work. You're passionate about your work to begin with. And it has taken you, um, you know, years and years of just hiding in carabiners. Um, and it, this also speaks to, like, this is my kind of fan fiction where you're just filling in the gaps. Yes. And there's nothing that Five Cream is about if not fan fiction. I will. So let us begin. I, oh, sorry, go Before ahead. we even get to that, Ariel in the chat just said, and I would love corroboration on this, uh, there is a deleted scene in Scream 4 where Dewey and Gail talk about how Sydney has not been back to Woodsboro since Neil died. Um, I mean, I can't corroborate it. Of course, I don't have no, the information. But I'm saying, I, I, tr- I trust Ariel here. Um, but I also think this is a great example of, and I'll just say, okay, so I saw the f- uh, Five Cream in theaters mm-hmm. twice, but it's not out yet. So while I was writing my notes, I also was looking for like a PDF of the script so I could like refer back. Mm-hmm. I found what I believe to be a, a um, earlier draft of the script because it's exactly the same except with more in it. So it feels like this was probably the final draft and they just went through and we don't need that, we don't need that. And some of those things are exactly what you're talking about, where it's like just one sentence about Neil in Scream 4 right. or any of the Scream, like like Scream 5 even, would give you a little bit, oh, of course. Like, why, of didn't, course he's passed away. why didn't they leave that in? That feels I like don't know. information that's worth having. And like, if you had to cut that scene, like, get that information into another scene. And I guess it just must be like, I'm assuming not necessarily everything is a test audience situation, but like it raises more questions than it answers. Yeah, so it's sort of correct. like, okay, well, if Neil's still alive, right. or like if Where Neil's dead, he? then like, right. you know, how did what he happened? die? When did he die? Exactly. So maybe like we're just not, much like how we never actually met Maureen Prescott or like saw a flashback, we're giving you so little information mm-hmm. because I think reasonably enough, if you have a parent in your actual life, you have to deal with him a lot more. Mm-hmm. If we take Neil out, if he's the ghost, we don't have to get into like, well, where the hell is Neil? Right. Well, how was she dealing with it? Right. Well, we we knew, you know. So I I think that to me makes sense. Yes. Rachel says, "R.I.P. Carabiner King." I mean. So, Neil, this one's for this you. One's for you, Neil. Um. So let us begin. We are going to uh ruined five cream scream five, but it's really scream twenty twenty two terrible SEO. I I'll say right now as a fan, I don't like it. Like I don't like a Halloween. You know, I don't like don't right. give it the same name because right. then when I'm trying to look up facts about it's it, it's pretty hard to do. Um, and of course, before we get into anything else, we are going to have Allison watch the trailer. Oh my God, I have a lot to say. What, let us lay it on us. What are your thoughts? First of all, I feel like the more technology evolves, mm-hmm. the more ways there are for people to fuck with you. Absolutely. Like seeing the like locking and unlocking of all of the doors on your like smartphone, like it's like, oh, but like in the past, like somebody would have to go around and unlock all of your doors physically. And now it's like, oh, I hacked your phone and I'm in your house. 100%. Like, I, yes. Um, Ghostface would bring a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> yeah, there is, you know, I, there is a, there, there are go- more guns at play, I think, in this sequel yes. than normal. But yes. even then, Ghostface is going back for the knife. It's iconic. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a, like a Chanel purse. It's never going to go out of style. Right. It's always chic. Um, 
it was so great to see everyone mm-hmm. again, you know, Sydney and Gail and Dewey. Like, what a, what a treat to get the gang back together. I'm into it. And then uh, we always like to take a baseline scary. And again, it, it's there are so many different elements. I don't want to necessarily give away mm-hmm. what's going to happen. But I will say, how scary do you, Allison, do you find the concept of being like your father? I mean, my dad rules. But also when I see him do stuff, sometimes I'm like, I'm doing that, I guess. I don't know. Do you, like the thing that I am doing, which is obviously not what we're talking about. But like, I remember watching my dad when we were growing up. Um, when I was growing up, I'm an only child, but like before leaving the house, like touch being like off, 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 like making oh, sure yeah. all the lights and appliances are off. Mm-hmm. And like, I was always like, you turn them off. And now like, I, I think pandemic has also 100%. Uh, heightened this because we didn't leave our homes for so long that like, I'm always like off, 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 off. And I'm still like on the subway 10 minutes away. And I'm like, did I turn everything off? Like, oh, it's... constantly. And like, I know in New York, this has been a big problem, but I'm, I'm also like, so in LA, for whatever reason, historically, everyone did a bad job building the apartments, so it's constantly yes. cold. Even though it's not as cold in New York, obviously, in New York or other actually cold places, you are required Insulated. to have heat yes. and have insulation so people don't die. Because LA is like, eh, you're fine. It's like 50 degrees inside, 55. Mm-hmm. So during mm-hmm. you know January, December, I'm turning on the heat. And one night I left the heat on in our living room all night. And I'm like, God, oh, the energy bill is going to be goddamn through the roof. However, I've been noticing in New York, the Con Ed bills are sort of roof. Like they're yeah. like these, and, and and it's expensive here as yeah. well. But like, no wonder, like your parents growing up were like, God, you gotta shut off the heat. When you yes. in a barn and it's like, oh, now I am that. I have taken on that anxiety because I have to work for money, which, ugh, oh, the worst. Oh man, that Now sucks. I have to I give that money to, um, got you know. it from people instead of having to do jobs. Um, I will say one last thing that obviously the chat is also freaking oh, out about yes. rightly. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that they're still using a landline. Like I understand that like, this franchise hinges on <laughs> those phone calls. Right. However, it's like implausible to set a movie in a place where people have landlines anymore. I'm going to do it. I'm going to defend it. And here's why. Okay, yes, you're right. No one would actually be using a landline. However, in this I situation... I love it cinematically. So obviously everyone has cell phones, you know, they're constantly on it. But in this situation, this is like you're in your mother's house... And mm-hmm. she has a landline. She's sure. had it, you know, maybe my she's parents had a house still have one. Yeah, and my, my parents did as well. And I'll tell you, when my parents had a landline in their house, ringing off the hook with All either day. robocalls or political mm-hmm. surveys. And that's how you know that no political survey is actually meaningful or has any, like, value, yes. educational value, is because the only people who are answering those phones are out of their goddamn minds because yep. they are, one, like, willing Lonely. to talk, will, risking yeah. every call that it's a robocall. And then when they get the call, they say, yes, I will stay on the phone and I will answer right. all of your questions. I've got time. And nope. those are the people we're supposed to be like, oh, the 55% of recipients. Absolutely not. Nope. Mm-mm. And I think, and we're going to, as we'll get into it, because we're about to begin, the only reason somebody answers a landline is because it's ringing off the hook. And so right. I'm assuming this character do, thinks, yes. okay, oh my God, I just have to, ha- like, what is it? Or, oh no, it's actually an emergency for my mother. Right. She's not home. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Someone's, if someone's trying to call the landline, that's not good. So it's sort of right. like the landline has taken on this, like, it's both something you never want to answer, but if someone's trying to call you on it, whatever it is, answer. bad. It's like the police, yeah. you know, or, yeah. you know, something horrible has happened. So I completely agree about the landline. And this is, you know, probably the last, last scream. I don't know that you'll ever see a landline. Like, there's just yeah. no need for this to happen. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, as we are about to uh, actually spoil this, I have to ask you, Allison, knowing what you know, having sure. heard about every movie and having seen the trailer, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. I mean, it's hard because, like, didn't we hear that they are making another scream? That is very tough. So and they are, like, I mean, spoiler, well, whatever, you're, that, you paid your good money. They're doing Scream 6. They're doing they're another do- one. So it's, like, hard to, because, like, I would want to say, without that knowledge, like, this is finally going to be, like, the end. There's going to be some kind of, like, crazy ending mm-hmm. where, like, some of our main cast dies. Um, but I don't think that that's going to happen because, like, you know, the central three of the franchise have to continue on into the next chapter. So I'm gonna okay. Well, Mel guessed ghost ghost faces a servant. Ghost faces a servant. That would be scary. I mean, here's. I mean, I think you're. you're what you're saying is a, is the a, a tough thing about a fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shantae, do we finally snapped? I love that, but I do think there. I I feel like as yeah. an audience member, I would really be mad if it turns out like it's like you're gonna have Dewey be a killer. That would be really tough. No, that'd be tough. Would it be like, an beloved. interesting choice? One Very. might say it would be. Um, I gotta say that it's probably gonna be, like, based on the trailer and what you've asked, like, maybe the son of, I guess we know Neil is dead, but, uh, of Billy Loomis Mm -hmm. and Stu. Like, the connection to the originals, I think, is what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a child of, yes. Yes, a child of or a relative of, but it seems like we're generally... Like, looking at everybody, I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, you would have kids at this point. Um, so. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, the children, you know, like uh, Sydney's age mates are yes. now old enough to have an adult child. Yes. Um, Jordana, it's finally Neil. Oh, oh give I me wish. a shot at writing a movie. Just it's fi- and it's just called Scream 8, colon, it's finally Neil. <laughs> just Scream 8, ne- colon, Neil, colon, the boy. <laughs> right, yeah. Neil's the rich, the boy. He's like, I have to get out of the house because I am actually possessed by a doll. Uh, Mercedes, this is all in Sydney's head. She can never escape Ghostface. That's really tough. That's good. That's good. And I, I think it's like, how do you balance? And that's interesting. That's the meta element of, of, of mm-hmm. Five Cream is how do you balance wanting to have a legacy and wanting to have these storylines continue with having some fresh ideas? And that's yes. sort of the tension Potentially the motivation of um, of some people mm. in this film. Mm. Um, so, uh, wait, did you even guess a twist? I, I want you. I think, to, I think it's like the killer is Joey Lewis's son. Great, done. Which I guess doesn't make sense because he died as a teenager. Well, a, a teenage pregnancy. Teenagers can have children. Babies having babies. Babies having five cream colon babies having babies. We have so many spinoffs to write. Uh, please let us. Oh, please let us. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much. All of your twists are phenomenal. So let us begin ruining Five Cream. All right. Five cream. We open on Tara, who we just saw in the trailer, alone mm-hmm. in her house. She's making ramen. She's texting with her friend Amber, and she uses her emergency inhaler. And as someone with asthma, I'm like, oh, great. Someone's going to have a- an asthma attack in this movie. Off to quite a start. And let me just say, if, you, if you're watching this, you're someone with asthma, I have to say, if you're using an emergency inhaler every day, go to your doctor, talk about other options. Because that means your <laughs> asthma is not in control. No. And the whole time watching this, I'm like, get this girl who's a, a teenager back to the doctor. I mean, that's, yes. again, we live in America. That's a hard yeah, thing to be like, just go get medical care. And, yeah. Okay, you know. And at mm. least she has her inhaler on hand. So that's good. Okay. But keep that in the back of your mind that Tara 
unfortunately ha- needs her head. Asthma. Okay. Tara's great. mother is out of town, presumably serving as Neil Prescott's vice president of Tara <laughs> Beater ex- acquisition. And I decided, based on how long it takes this woman to get back to town, that they are having the conference in Antarctica. Because you'd think <laughs> she'd want to show up, she'd hop on a plane. But it's you classic extreme already. And it's just like just like Mermaid Pres- Prescott, a, a mother who is going to factor into the plot, and we ain't ever gonna see her. We don't oh. know what her any any of her business. Honestly, if she is in carabiner work, uh, Antarctica is a good guess for where she might That's be. That's actually true. There's actually probably do need a lot of them. Great. And they're having the time <laughs> of their life down there, really relaxing. So Tara's texting Amber, and the landline is calling over and over again, like we saw. It. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm finally going to answer it. You know, to the right. point that even she's like, who is calling my mother's landline? Right. Yes. Again and again at night. Yeah. So she has enough. She picks it up. Baby, you know it's ghost face. Okay? And you know voice, of course, by... Roger L. Jackson, who has always voiced Ghostface, phenomenal. And I think they made a good move where, like, he is now playing an older man in this voice versus Mm -hmm. when he was younger. It sort of makes sense. Like, he's sort of flirting with Drew Barrymore. Now, he sounds old. He still sounds terrifying, but he sounds like an older man. Right. Not like another teen. Exactly. Yeah, if he was being another teen, that's too creepy. And so Ghostface says, oh, you know, my name is Charlie. And um, I just wanted to talk to, is uh, Christine there? I, I it, tell her it's Charlie from group. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, I just want to leave a message. And Tara's like, wait a minute. What group? My mom's in a group? What kind of group? And she, of course, immediately is like, is she in AA? Which would be a right. kind of a good thing. So what we yes. found out about her mother, is she in a, a group to handle her addiction issues? And she's also texting Amber I think my mom's, like, new boyfriend, is. I think that he's calling. I don't think this is like, oh, I'm a friend. I think that he's, mm. like, calling to mm. talk to my mom. So now she's more interested in talking to this guy. Like, oh, you know my yeah. mother. You're in some sort of group. Yeah, tell me more. You are. You have a relationship. And he's, he's like, no, no, sorry. I'll just leave a message, you know. And, and Charlie, Charlie laughs and says, you sound exactly like she describes you in group. And she's like, well, what did she say about me? In this group therapy setting, right. I want to know. As every teen would. And and Charlie says, you know, like, your mom loves you. She thinks you're so creative and you love art and TV and movies. And she says that you love scary you movies. You like stuff. <laughs> and then she even says that. She's like, everyone likes TV and movies. Okay, yeah. like, I'm supposed to believe you know my mother. And he, she, he says, she says, you love scary movies and you have that in common. And she told me just the other day, she wonders, what is your favorite scary movie? And poor, I know, Ghostface. 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 And Tara says, The Babadook. It's an amazing meditation on motherhood and grief. A true, absolutely great taste. But like a teen saying that? I think if you're a teen who, I mean, again, if you're a teen watching this, please let us know. We are old. Um, old. I think a a teen would like Babadook because it's also just feel like... I can see liking it, but saying it's a meditation on motherhood and grief feels um, a bit mature for a teenager. I think we got to give these teens credit, especially if they're going to be fighting for their lives. That's true. You know? That's true. That's true. Um, but I, I see what you're saying. And, and he laughs and is like, isn't that a little fancy pants? She's like, no, I love elevated horror. You know, it's it's complex. It's got complete, like, uh, complex emotional themes. It's not some cheeseball slasher movie with wall-to-wall jump scares. And Charlie's like, I don't know. Those kind of movies sound boring. Like, have you seen the Stab movies? How well do you remember the beginning of the original? And Tara's like, oh, I think like they all, I, I think I saw the first one. They all like open with a kill scene, right? And he says, yeah, you know, it opens nice with a meta. girl alone and she picks up the phone and the killer asks her to play a game. Would you like to play a game, Tara? 
which ostensibly he would not know her name. Like her right. mother would not have brought it up. She hangs up. She's texting um, Amber, like some weird guy is calling. I'm going to lock the doors. Unfortunately, she has an app on her phone that mechanically, mechanically, um, digitally Digital? locks the doors. Like, and again, I, I'm watching some like Elon Musk. Like, I'm like, Mm-mm. don't, the, the lock, the physical lock is no. the strongest defense we have. We got to put it yes. on a phone. We know Ghostface can clone a phone. Yes, obviously. Ghostface has technological abilities that would make Mark Zuckerberg jealous. He is a, he was ahead of us on deep fakes. He's been ahead of us the whole time. Stop digitizing things because that Ghostface is going to get access to them. And unfortunately, he has. And so Amber's oh, texting her back, like, are you okay? And she's like, it's fine. I hung up. Like, it's just weird. The landline rings again, Allison. Only this time, Amber texts Tara, you should get that. And Tara's like, how did you do my phone's ringing again? And of course, Amber replies, because this is not Amber. Ghostface oh, has boy. clearly cloned this girl's phone. Great. So of course, he, she picks up again. She's like, Amber, is this you? This is not funny. And just then, Amber texts Tara a video. And it's, of course, a live stream of Ghostface filming Amber in her room because she hasn't been texting Tara at all. So right. Amber is unknowingly doing her he homework. He didn't just clone her phone. He has her phone, I think. I don't know how any of this works, so I cannot speak nope. to it. Nope. But Ghostface says, you know, Amber looks really hot right now. She shouldn't leave her phone lying around for just anyone to pick up and clone. Oh, Is okay. that what phone cloning is? I don't I know. I don't know. And no, don't tell us. Don't ask it's us. too scary. So Tara's like, okay, well, what do you want? And Ghostface says, I want to play a game. I want to play a game about stab movies. If you call the cops, Amber dies. You get a question wrong, Amber Ooh. dies. And Allison, because you have heard about the movies, I'm going to ask you the questions. Okay. And if you can't answer them, nothing will happen. Perfect. Or will Let's it? No. Stakes. All right. <clears throat> and, and, and Tara's like, I don't know the stab movies. Ask you about It Follows or Hereditary or The Witch. And I think we're supposed to think, like, she is an actual horror fan. All episodes that we've done on Ruined, so go back please, and listen. Yes, please listen. <laughs> Allison, in the first Stab movie, what Woodsboro native was introduced as the franchise's main character? Wait. Don't overthink this. Sydney Prescott? It's Sydney Prescott, oh, okay, yes. okay. I was like, is this a trick, or? Well, Tara is like, I even I know that. He's like, okay, that one doesn't right. count. That was a warm-up. Okay. She's like, that's okay, not yes. fair. He does like to start with some easy, slow rollers to, to kind of get things going. He's an asshole. Let's just say it. He's an asshole. Go so typically, an asshole. she has to answer four questions. Second question. Who wrote the original book the Stab movies were based on? Gail Weathers. Yes. Tara struggles, but she gets it. And who plays the dumb bitch at the beginning of Stab 1 who answers the phone and gets carved up by the killer? So who oh, plays? Sh- and so we who, saw that at the beginning of Scream 2. Barrymore? Who plays Drew Barrymore in the beginning of uh, Scream ah. 2 when they're watching Stab? Think about what era we're in, a blonde. Was it like Jenny McCarthy? So close. It is Heather Graham. Heather Graham. Damn it. And I have dispatched a killer to your house to kill you, but luckily they have to take a plane, so we'll be done with the live show. And then finally, who was the killer in Stab 1? Billy Loomis. And Tara's overjoyed. She's like, it's Billy Lewis played by Luke Wilson, you asshole. And I got you. Luke Wilson. <laughs> That's so funny. It's so good. Unfortunately, Allison, Tara, much like you, has forgotten the original killers are Billy Lewis and Stu Mocker. And Stu. Oh. That's not fair. You would have to say killers. I agree. But I guess I technically Ghostface wanted a technicality, but also he was going to try to stab her anyways. Like, it doesn't matter if she if he wins. He's exactly. going to kill her. 
Wait, as we saw in Green, uh, in, in, in Cream Four, um, <laughs> Kirby ostensibly got all the questions right, but then she went right. outside and was stabbed, anyways. Yeah. So, yes, to your point, uh, he misled her and goes to tell her, I'm sorry, but Amber has to die. Tara, mm-hmm. God bless her. She's a teen. She grabs a kitchen knife and she runs to the front door calling Amber, like as if she's going to run to like save right. her friend. Like at go to another house. Like he's, <sighs> she's going to be long gone by the time you get there. She throws open the door. Allison Ghostface is waiting for her and just slashes Tara. Yeah. And of course, if she knew the stab movies, she would know, except for um, the third one, there are usually two ghost faces. So even if there was a ghost face at Amber's, uh, maybe there's another ghost face outside. Yes, yeah, right. There could be many ghost faces. So, and as the sequence we just saw in the trailer, Tara's able to get the door closed and locks it with the app. Unfortunately, ghost faces are able to unlock it. So they kind of have like dueling lock over and over again. Tara's screaming. Yeah. And the actress, Jenny Ortega, she's great. She's giving it her all. She's a scream queen, I think. And the landline rings again, and it's Ghostface says, bonus question, do you think I got in the house before you could rearm? Allison, Ghostface leaps out of the hallway and stabs Tara in the stomach. And then Mm. it's just an all-out brawl. And Tara's, like, holding her own, even though she's clearly, like, weighs 90 pounds and is, like, a child. Like, she's fading up Ghostface. Unfortunately, Ghostface finally throws her to the kitchen floor, stomps on her ankle, shattering her, like, you hear her leg snap. And then swings the knife down, stabbing Tara through her hand. Oof. And she's, again, she's she's kicking him. She's crawling away. Unfortunately, Ghostface raises and starts stabbing her over and over again as we hear police cars approach in the distance. <gasps> oh. Cut to our title card. Scream. Scream. 2022. In beautiful Modesto, California. I've never been there. I'm sure it's fine. It looks nice. Outside of a bowling, area, bowling alley, we meet Tara's older sister, Sam. And she's on her break, and we see her take some pills just as her boyfriend, Richie, kind of rolls up behind her and is like, what are you taking? She says, oh, sorry, those are your boner pills. And Richie's <laughs> like, no, you're my boner pills. Oh. Which is, you know, just love, you're, I think. You're heartwarming. And so just then, Sam gets a text from Wes, named after Wes Craven, who has since uh, passed away. So sort of a nod to him, which I thought was really sweet. And he says, hi, uh, I don't know if you remember me. Like, I'm a friend of your sister, but um, call me immediately. <laughs> Sam calls Wes, and he is in Woodsboro. Obviously, he goes to school with Tara. And Tara was stabbed seven times, but she is still alive. What? And she's in the hospital. She had surgery, and she is alive, and she's doing okay. Jesus. And Sam's like, oh, my Good God. Yeah, and Sam's like, and the, even from this conversation, we know, like, Maybe the relationship between Sam and her family is sort of strained. So he's like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you want to come down here. I just thought I should tell you. And she says, I'm on my way. I will head down right now. Do you know who did this? And Wes is like, um, I'll tell you when you get here. And she's like, just tell me. And he says, it was someone in a ghost face mask. And because they're all from Woodsboro, they're like, oh, God, it's all this happening again. again. Yes. They all immediately know, fuck, this is not going, this is just going to run havoc until... Sydney Prescott and Gayla Jewish show up. You know, they have seen this happen. And so Sam packs up and Richie says, I'm going to come with you. And Sam's like, you don't have to. Like, it's, we haven't been dating that long. It's fine. He's like, no, I'll go with you. Your sister's like in the hospital. It's not, I work at a bowling alley. It's not like I'm a surgeon. Like, it's fine. (laughs) So they, they head down. I don't know how far away they're supposed to be, but they're driving down. Over at Woodsboro High, everyone is let out for the day at school and all of the after-school activities are, clo- are closed. Like, they have like a, um, 
what is the word? Where things are shut down. You're a child. You can't go um, anywhere. Sounds uh, like curfew. Curfew. I was like two syllables. <laughs> so everyone's a curfew. <laughs> and all the kids are like all abuzz about the hot new stabbing. They're like, who did it? I'm sure there's like TikToks about it. I can't believe anyone still lives in Woodsboro. That's, That's like an excellent like, question. Shut the town down and be like, you know what? We tried it. Too many people got brutally murdered. And I think we all have to pack up and move to new places because this just doesn't work. I mean, the property value, maybe that's why you could really get a lot of property. Like you, you're bang for your buck because nobody wants to live there. I have a question for you. Lay it on me. At this point in time, knowing the events of Scream Cream 1 through 4, <laughs> yeah. would you move to Woodsboro? <laughs> Absolutely not. If you got a good deal. Say you could oh, get like God. a gorgeous like five-bedroom updated farmhouse for... $500,000. I mean, in an era where it's like the idea of... Let's the, call it $300,000. You know, as people who live in major cities, the idea of home ownership just seems like a pipe dream. Right. So I suppose you're right. If it's like, okay, you can buy, get a beautiful home, but you do have to live in the, seemingly the murder capital of the United States. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'd Not just there. murder, like the like slashing capital. <laughs> Copycat, serial killer, movie fanatic. Yeah, capital. Yes. Yeah, you're yes. right. W- would you move there? I mean... I yeah probably I you know I'm otherwise never going to own a home so if I have to live amongst ghost face I mean that seems yeah. more likely than ever getting a one bedroom condo in New York so I mean I mean I yeah I I I can't say I wouldn't do it yeah so we meet the rest of the gang. So we meet Tara's friend group, uh, Bleach Blonde Wes, who I wrote down is the guy from Thirteen Reasons Why. If the chat knows his name, please let me know because I forgot to look it up. Um, Tara's friend. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Dave in the chat just said Woodsboro's high school mascot is Ghostface. <laughs> I mean, at this point, <laughs> we're the we're the Woodsboro Ghostface. Yeah, to be a like, cause like it's been ten years since the Icon. last the last stabbing. So to raise a child in Woodsboro, it's one thing if you grew up there, you have older kids, right? But to be like, my child is three years old, and I'm going to go ahead and rate knowing it's just a no matter way. of time. But so these kids, um, Tara's friend Amber, who we saw the stream of, fortunately, is fine. Um, okay. Twins, movie nerd Mindy and Jock Chad, and of course their last name are is Meeks Martinez. So they okay. are the niece and nephew nephew of Randy Meeks, the late great. Oh, and I then like that. and then Chad's pink haired girlfriend Liv, and okay. they're all kind of like, oh, you know, my oh my god, like Sam's coming back to town. So they all know Sam. She left as soon as she turned eighteen, which is five years ago. But then it's smart. Yes, 100%. I was like, it's like, everyone's like, oh my God, she like abandoned us and left Woodsboro. It's like, yeah, absolutely. You're all psychos for staying. So she's been gone for for five years. But basically before that, she was like this, you know, we find out she cuts off contact with her family. She was like doing drugs, like getting into trouble, all this stuff. And had all this acting out after their father left when Sam was 13 and um, Tara was eight. So, but also I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like that happens to a lot of kids. So it's like, we're, I hate that bitch. It's like, grow up. Like her yeah. sister got attacked. Stop talking to yes. about her. <laughs> um, but so she's coming back at, again, their mother's in Antarctica. So it's gonna, you can only fly in and out like a certain times of the year, I'm True. assuming. Chad's talking to Liv and he's like, you know, with everything going on, I just like really think it's time to take our relationship to the next level. Allison, he's talking about her turning out her finder friends um, on her phone so he could track her. Oh, again, I don't, technology is too scary. There's too many ways to get fucked with. And then, and Wes is like, if anything, we should all shut off our phones and leave them at home. Like this is, it's yes. worse to have this stuff. And Absolutely. 
Chad also says, actually, now that you mentioned it, also, I would like to have sex. I hate to be like a stereotypical jock, but like, sure, if we could also parlay this into having sex, that would be great for me. But uh, if not, you know, what can you do? Um, we find out that uh, Wes is the daughter of, oh, sorry, Wes is the son of Deputy Judy Hicks from Scream 4. Oh. Who is now the sheriff. And so everyone's like, oh my God, Wes, your mom asked me if I murdered, like tried to murder your friends. Like, and you see Judy sort of waving from the distance at him. I like that she's back. Yeah. And she's really like, he carries a taser. He carries pepper spray. Like she's like, my son is not going to be killed by Ghostface. If I have anything yes. to say about it. Uh, again, yes. I, I'm racing him in Woodsboro. So that's like a very questionable decision. But here right. we are. And you're working for the police department, which is also a pretty bad track record of murder. They like getting murdered. Like by handle, Ghostface. Yeah, they can can't handle anything. Absolutely not. Mindy, because she's, I think she's going to be like our, our Randy, you know, our avatar. She's like, okay, like they aren't saying it's Ghostface, but we all know it is. Usually that you don't find out until the second or third killing. Yeah. And Amber's like, there hasn't been one killing. Like Tara is alive. Like, why are you acting like this? This is so, so morbid. And Mindy's like, no, let's talk about it. She's like, Liv, I don't think it's, you could be the killer. Cause I'm to be honest, you're too boring. And Liv's like, but cool. I have pink hair. And yeah, she's like, like, maybe that's it. Yeah, and she's like, Chad, you have bruises. And Chad's like, one, you, it's from football practice. And two, I am your brother. You can't just throw <laughs> this out in front of people. Just then, as they are staying there, a real scumbag-looking guy rolls up to loiter inside the school parking lot. If there's somebody loitering in your school parking lot and they're an adult man, Get feel, out of again, there. go talk to the sheriff. Yeah, His name is Vince, and he's sort of leering at the, them and lives like, oh, yeah, I hooked up with this guy like last summer. And he's sort of been stalking me online. Oh, and he actually chill. worked with me and Tara at our job last summer at the Carabiner pop-up store, I'm going to yeah, assume. I, I got to imagine. Door-to-door Carabiner sales. So Vince kind of like storms away. I think he's supposed to be like our dirty Skeet Ulrich type of character. He's sort of like, you know, like Nobody spits on the ground. Skeet. No, absolutely not. And just then Amber gets a text, Tara is awake and ready for visitors. So they are headed to the hospital. Liv, however, says, I'm going to go handle some things. So Liv is the only one who does not go to the hospital. Okay. Just to flag that. Meanwhile, Sam and Richie are driving down from Modesto. And because it is shot in the Carolinas, there's all this like beautiful Spanish moss. It's like clearly not California, but I just thought it was fun. And Richie's like, this, Woodsboro, that's such a familiar town name. Like, why is it so familiar to me? And Sam's like, have you never seen the Stab movies? Like, no, but I haven't seen, like, Gone with the Wind. Like, I have to see every movie to, like, know about things. Like, give me a break. Also, like, if if this was all real, everybody in America would 100%. know what Woodsboro was. Yeah. Like, I feel like for, like, for similar tragedies that yeah. have not extended for 20 years, we still know what they are. Right, if it so. happened once, you know what right. I mean? Like, it comes You're up like, ah, somebody Google's got one. murdered somewhere, yeah. but, like, yeah. So, and Sam's like, you didn't even see Stab 8, the one that came out last year? He's like, no, I didn't see any of the Stab movies. And she tells him, look, the Stab movies are based on actual killings in my hometown. The last one happened in 2011. And the first time, it, well, it was this guy, Billy Loomis, and his friend, Stu Mocker, and they carved a bunch of high school kids up. And now every so often, somebody puts on a Halloween ghost mask and also starts killing people. And Richie's like, oh my God, like in Halloween? And Sam says, no, not like at Halloween. Well, it's kind of like kind Halloween. Kind of like Halloween. Yeah, which I thought was fun. That's good. And he's like, okay, so your hometown is famous for copycat serial murders, and we're driving there voluntarily. And Sam tells him, I have to make sure my sister's okay. And obviously has this guilt, like, I bailed. I fucking bailed on them. I haven't, like, talked to my parent, oh, my mother, forever. So I got to go. And Richie said, okay, I'm there. 
I just ask you, like, do you have any idea why someone wearing the mask would want to kill your sister specifically? And Sarah looks out the window. She's like, no, I don't know. But we know. She does know. Luckily, they all can be to the hospital. So then they're all together, which is less work for me. That's great. I like when everyone's in one place. Exactly. Or when enough people get killed that I can keep track of them easier. Yes. It's like it's like an early se- an early episode, early in a season of Top Chef when you're like, oh, there's too many people. Yeah. I can't keep track of them until we get down to like six. Yeah. Don't make me memorize their names. No. Um, so Tara is thrilled to see Sam. She's like, thank you so much for coming. Again, mom is trying to get like a a ferry to a, a biplane to a, a towboat or like a rowboat. Like she's trying yeah. to get back. And everyone kind of knows Sam, like her reputation as like this bad wild child who then immediately mm-hmm. bailed and hasn't talked to Tara in five years. And they're all like, oh, okay. And Tara's exhausted. So she kind of has a moment. Everyone leaves except Sam and Richie. And Sam's like, we could stay in the hospital overnight. We were going to go to a hotel. But like, I'm yeah. happy to stay with you. And Amber is like very territorial about Tara. But Tara's like very happy to have Sam there. And Amber asks mm-hmm. Tara, do you have your extra inhaler? which Tara does. I'm also like, you're in the hospital. If you need an inhaler, please ask them. Yeah, they're going to take care of that. They've got those. Yeah. So they also, Sam and Richie uh, stay with Tara. Everyone else goes to a pool hall. You know, when you're 16, you go shoot pool, you play billiards. Maybe that's just not my experience. But like, I was like, this is when you're like, 40. 50. Yeah, yeah like, this like, is when you're like, I gotta just get some of my energy out. Steam. Yeah, I gotta blow some steam off and have a whiskey and play some pool. So they all go like play some pool at like the all ages club, I guess, because I'm also like, this looks like a bar and none of you are 21. Yeah. That's fine. Whatever. And Amber clearly has her backup about like, Sam hasn't been here for five years and she really fucked Tara up, which is, I mean, fair. And Sam was acting crazy and now she's back and like, you know, now she's like alone with Tara and Tara's mom isn't here. And I should be there, like, taking care of things. So, like, calm down. It's fine. Tara's alive. Like, don't worry about yeah. it. Just that scumbag Vince shows up. He's like, hey, hey, Liv. You want that's a real drink? At a pool hall. Exactly. That guy. You know, so you know you're going to see a Vince there. He's like, you want a real drink with a real man? I just want to get a few more shots in before I get brutally stabbed to death, okay? <laughs> and Chad immediately gets into a fight with Vince. They're screaming at each other. And Vince takes out a knife until the bartender throws Vince out. He's like, hey, hey, this is... This is a bar for 18-year-olds, apparently. Like, you're too old to be in here. You're going to to any other building in, in Woodsboro to pull out a knife. <laughs> behind, So behind the bar, out in the alley, Vince is peeing against a wall. Like you do when you're a scumbag. He would. Allison, just then, the headlights of his car turn on, illuminating him. And of course, the song that starts playing, Red Right Hand by Nick Cave, the theme song of the Scream franchise, and an absolute Truly. banger. A, a banger, like just so so good. The soundtracks to all of these films are iconic, and <laughs> we've been re-listening, and it's been wonderful. And I'm like, oh, this implies that like, it, like Red Right Hand might must be in the Stab movies because how else would they know what would Ghostface know to play it? Because it's only been right. in the Scream movies. In the Scream movies, I like how it's like, oh, it's like that's even that's meta. Like that must yes. be in the Stab franchise. And Vince is like, who, Chad? Is that you? You turned out of my car, and he runs over to the car. And he shuts it off just in time to get stabbed in the neck. And there's a lot of like jabbing, like which is very Ooh. like so not a neck slit, not a stab. Just like a one stab in his neck pulls it out, and then he's just bleeding to death. Ooh. While Red Right Hand plays, and he collapses I in front it. of his car. Vince, you were R. too R. beautiful for this world. Yes. You will return to the earth. 
and, <laughs> and, and, and grow a new crop of um, scumbags. Back at the hospital, Sam, like, jolts awake. She's fallen asleep. And Ter- she sees Tara's dozed off. And Sam has started watching all the stab movies on Netflix. And he's like, okay. these are really fucked up. Like, I want to be prepared. I want to know what this is. And it's like, that's probably smart. Because what else are you supposed to do? How else do you right. prepare? And Sam's like, okay. She goes to, like, find the... She goes to the break room. And it- Allison, if you thought the hospital in Scream 4 was empty, there oh, is not... And there is not a nurse. There is not a doctor. There is not another patient. There is not a security guard. There is no one. There's nothing and no one. They might as well just have her in a warehouse at the outskirts of town <laughs> with no running water. Like, that's the amount of protect, just regular protection that other people provide. There is yeah. no one within screaming distance of Wordsboro Medical. That is crazy. That yes. is not how hospitals are. Exactly. I was like, have you ever been in a hospital? Like, there are I don't think that anyone that made this movie has been in a hospital because, like, they are nonstop full of people who are annoyed that you're there. Like, right. it's very, like, it is not, it is the opposite of like empty, like, who, me wandering through these halls? They're always like, what are you doing? Get out of here. Also, Go away. She goes into the break room and I'm like, isn't that for the nurses and doctors? Yes. I, th- I yes. feel like if you went to a break room at the hospital, they're like, what are you doing here? This is yes. for us to eat lunch. Like, get out of here. She goes in there, Allison. She splashes water on her face like you do. Okay. Like you do. When you're like you do. When you're upset. She stands up and in the mirror behind her is a hallucination, a vision of Billy Loomis, still wearing his blood spattered t-shirt. It is Skeet tea. Ulrich. He's mm. got a little bit CGI. He's aged down, but he's still clearly an adult man. Yes. And she's distressed, but unfortunately, Allison, she is not surprised because we are to understand she sees this a lot. Yes, okay. And Billy says, wow, the antipsychotics aren't working as well as they used to. You can't run away from who you are forever. When are you going to tell your sister why all of this is happening? Allison just then, Sam's cell phone starts to ring. And of course, it's an unknown number. She answers it. It's fucking Ghostface. And she's like, who is this? It's the killer. Obviously. And he, Obviously. And Ghostface says, it's someone who knows your secret. And she says, fuck you, you hurt my sister. And Ghostface says, I had to have you come back here somehow, didn't I? How else was I going to lure mm. you back to town? And Sam says, if, don't fuck with my sister. Like, if you want to really fuck with someone, come out here and fight me. And Ghostface says, with pleasure. And they just leaps from behind a door. Like, oh not even, gosh. like, the hallway. Just, like, the door was open. Also, and Ghostface like, was standing behind the door. Ghostface is just hanging out. At the hospital, like... Also, wouldn't you... If they're in the same room, wouldn't you hear Ghostface talking? Like, you'd turn and be like, I can right. hear you on the phone and in the same room. Yeah. Look. Unless other Ghostface is on the phone with her. Oh, and that's this true. one is just the attacking one. There we go. One. Perfect. So, yes. A um, different Ghostface is calling. Okay. And, sure. Yes. And they have uh, some sort of instant communication. Sure. Bell in the chat pointed out a very good point, which is, what medical staff would want to move to Woodsboro, to be honest? <laughs> I think that's valid. Excellent question. I have to assume that they are being paid top dollar. Like, if they, they must be recruiting people, because, yes, why else would you go there versus anywhere else? Anywhere else. Excellent. We're asking the real questions. Ghostface leaps out, leaps out, starts slashing Sam. Sam is, like, throwing a chair at him, screaming for anyone to please help her in this completely empty hospital. And finally, she's able to get out of the room. She runs into Deputy Vincent, who is the dumbest motherfucker we've seen in this (laughs) branch. I was like, this guy, I mean, like, it just, like, it's like, oh, I've been stationed here. It's like, could you not hear the screams? Could you not hear the banging? The the, the sound of furniture being thrown. And he's sort of stationed near the nurses. He's like, I don't know. I didn't hear anything. She turns around. 
Ghostface is gone. Next thing you know, Sheriff Judy has showed up, you know, to sort of assess the scene. Right. And there is this intimation, this part of the franchise where it's like, no one else saw Ghostface. You're in a hospital. There would be security cameras. Yes. It, like, there is no conceivable way that, yeah, how, that, how did that Ghostface get room, in? That break room would have security footage. The hallways would have security footage. However, like, Ghostface got you into You can't just, like, wander into a hospital. Like, no, even if I've tried. Listen, I I'm like I'm constantly just wandering into the OR, wandering the ER, and everyone says, "What are like, you doing here? Well, what's going on in here?" And they're like, "Get out, lady." Um, Listen, I'm yeah, like, I'm like, just curious. I'm a curious cat. Mm. So Sheriff Judy shows up, and she's like, "Well, Sam, nobody saw it," which is again, much like every screen movie, we're gonna let it slide. We're gonna let it slide. And Amber has showed back up, and she's like, "Where were you when when Sam was getting attacked, yelling at Richie?" And Richie's like, "I had my headphones in. <laughs> I wasn't listening." And, you know, she, and Richie's like, turns it on her. It's like, well, I heard that your phone was the one who called Tara. Like, where were you? And so Amber and oh Richie are sort of like snipping at each other. Like, you did it, you did it. And Sh- Sheriff Judy says, um, we're going to move Tara to a private floor. And Deputy Vincent, who we've already seen, is a full dumbass, will watch over her. What? And Sam's like, how is that going to work? Like, she's going to be safer than she is right now when Ghostface attacks. And Sheriff Judy said, right. come out of the hallway. Come out of the hallway. As if she's like the principal. And yeah. she's like, you know, you were a bad kid. You, you know, like you did terrible things. Again, an underage child. I hope we have a better understanding on some level of like, you know, if somebody's acting out, maybe it's because they received some terrible news and bad things are happening to them. Yeah, it's probably not out of completely nothing. There was probably a reason yes. either in reality or with their mental health exactly. that is leading help, them to this. Help, help a team. Help them. And help she tells Sam, you know, if you came back here just to cause trouble, I suggest you pack up and leave in the morning. Which again, is not what you want to hear the sheriff to no. say to you. And basically the idea is like, okay, the police are not going to help us. So we know that. Ghostface is on the loose and Sheriff Judy's like, actually, you're the, you're the problem. Okay. So Tara, uh, Sam goes into Tara's room and sort of kicks out Richie and Amber because mm-hmm. she is going to tell Tara the truth. Here Great. it is. I'm Here ready for is. the truth. I'm ready. So Sam reveals to her sister, you know, when Sam was 13, Tara's eight. Sam was snooping around looking for Christmas presents and finds her mother's high school diary. Sam was like, oh, I know that mom got pregnant with me in high school. So I'm going to read about like what that must have been like because uh, they essentially she her mother got engaged to her father senior year. They got married just out of high school. She reads the diary. It turns out that the father of her uh, her father was another boy that her mother was sleeping with at the same time as her father. The mother had told the father, this is your baby. I'm not sleeping with anyone else. They get married. Everything seems to they had Tara, who's their child. Right. Seems like everything was going pretty well. Unfortunately, she reads the name of her actual father. Allison, who is it? It's Billy Loomis. It's Billy Loomis. Of course it is. I mean, also, who wouldn't want to fuck Billy Loomis? I mean, listen. I'm also like, yeah, it wasn't going to be Stu Mocker. Not that we don't love. Uh, Look, love a Matthew Lillard, you know, appearance, character, but like, yeah. sweet forever. Just 100%. So sexy. So sexy. So apparently she, like, you would your thir- if you're 13, storms downstairs and starts screaming at her mother like, oh my God, you lied to me. You didn't tell me about this. As she's screaming, her father comes home, hears all this, literally turns around like that gif of um, Grandpa Simpson, puts on his yes. hat, fucking <laughs> puts leaves, his hat back. <laughs> and uh, basically, like, Sam's mother told 
blamed her for the father leaving, which is not fair. That's and not then fair. tells her, you cannot tell your sister. And that's hard because, like, the sister's eight, which is, like, a little too young to, like, grapple with what's going on. Yes. But the sister knows the dad's leaving. So it's like, why lie what's to the her answer at that point? Right. And so that's why Sam really acted out, why she was doing drugs and, like, drinking and acting crazy. And that's why as soon as she turned 18, she left. And she's like, it was part because I felt so betrayed. But it was also, like, I felt like, oh, my God, my father's a serial killer. What if I end up like him? I don't want to be here and do that to my family or act yes. that way. Yes. So I was protecting you. And yeah. Tara says, get the fuck out of my hospital room. She's like, you don't talk to me for five years, like five pivotal years of my life. You abandoned me. And now you come out of yeah. and put all this shit on me after I got attacked. Like, yeah. get out of here. I can't deal get with any of, of this. And again, the... the great acting you really they 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 believe it and so he tell, she basically says get the fuck out of my life i don't want to talk to you allison i have to ask you at this point in the movie what would you do what would you do am i sam i think yes. i'm leave, like i think i'm taking my sister and i'm like we're going somewhere else like we're what getting if out of your sister refuses to go that's what i'm like, you're the where she's like so you're abandoning your only sibling. Well, that's fascinating stuff. I'm an only child, so I, like, don't understand that connection anyway. Um, okay, imagine it's anyone else that you love. <laughs> what if it's me, Allison? Would you abandon me? I mean, it's like we, like, she knows what's coming. Like, this is about to be a bloodbath. Like, I would get as far away from Woodsboro as humanly possible and be like, sorry, guys. Like, you were right. I'm going to leave. You all want me to leave anyway. I'm going. <laughs> um, D says, cue the malignant I'm adopted speech. <laughs> I mean, essentially the reveal. Yeah. Um, Andy also says, has she met her deductible who is paying for this private floor? And excellent question. And they, excellent. They're going to put you on a private floor and then Tara gets, Tara's mother gets the um, the bill? bill. When she gets back from Antarctica, it's like $50,000. One thing after another. Yeah. Uh, Shan, this is why I throw this away is, my old diaries. And I, even as a exactly. child, and this is maybe true in the digital age, like, I guess we all made diaries online that were embarrassing. But yeah. I always thought, I was like, what if I wrote something in my diary and somebody found it? Like a friend. You know, I like, used to, in like, middle school rip or all the pages out and after I would them. write stuff and, like, rip them up into a million pieces. So in yeah. case anybody found it, anybody, which, like, would just be my parents. Like, no one else, I don't know. It right. seems unlikely that someone would get, I, it didn't leave my room. And also, like, even, like, I'd be like, oh, I'm, like, 12 and I can't write. It's like, what was I doing? Like, that what was so were my horrific. thoughts? Yeah, right. I'm just, like, I just, like, I don't mean know. thoughts seem so verboten. Yes. Mean thoughts and then also, like, boys I liked. Here we go. <laughs> Joanna, ask for ambulance transfer to the next town over. This is a great Bye. question. Or a great point. Like, yes. even to go uh, 10 miles down the road, you would have a lot, a, a better I think, chance. I think so, too. Just, like, whatever the next town over is. Yeah, that's a better, that's a safer place. I don't care what that city is, but like it's safer. And it does make me want to have an entire movie just about the health insurance implications of a yes. scream style massacre. Yes, yes. Who, what, who has to pay for what? I mean, you right. know, where you, you uh, don't have control where you're being taken. Teddy says, "I would try and join Ghostface and become a third killer." Okay, it's not a bad idea. I okay, mean, your odds are. I mean, like, look, everyone dies, but mm -hmm. um, you might survive longer. Yeah. If you are with Ghostface instead of against him. And I think that's sort of like if she, yeah, if Sam was on the fence, like, oh, Billy Lewis is my father, but like, I'm kind of interested in getting into the family business. Now's your opportunity. You know, you don't yeah. have to start from scratch in a new town. Yeah. You already have all this infrastructure built. It really is nepotism. It's yes. villain nepotism that she could just slide in 
to the massacre already happening. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid accents lattice panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at Allison, Sam walks outside and realizes that Richie is standing outside the door and has heard everything. And she's like, you can leave if you want to. I will understand. And Richie's like, I am very freaked out, but I'm not going to leave you. Like, I'm not an asshole. Okay, well, he learned who Billy Loomis is, like, 24 hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, so he's just like, I'm upset. But he's also like, it's your dad. It's not you. Like, you're. I know you. You're not the serial killer. And Sam says to him, which is a great line, you know that part in horror movies where you want to yell at the characters to be smart and get the fuck out? That is this part. You should get the fuck out. And Richie says, I can't. I love you. And they hug. So like of that. course, we're like, okay, Sheriff Judy's not giving us any help. Everyone at the hospital seems incompetent. Deputy <laughs> Vincent, I'm just saying, you're, you'll be lucky if you survive another 20 minutes in this movie, dude. Who, who do we go for advice? We go to an expert. Mm-hmm. To Dewey Riley's house. So we see Dewey now lives in a trailer and things have gone wrong for him. He is oh, clearly no. drinking. He's like Irishing up his coffee. I know it's so sad. I hate that. David Arquette looks so good. I just want to say like, he, I'm like, mm, like a I fried wine looks excellent. been attracted to him from the first movie and like he's seeing him and I was just like, I am into this. And I don't want to be like, <laughs> oh, like, oh, someone's older. We have to talk about it. But I am going to talk about it for both Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox who both yes. look excellent in this movie. Yes, incredible. And so they knock on his door just as Dewey is sitting down to watch Gail's morning show. And the idea is like, this is sort of the Today Show, but it's like, you know, Gail in the morning, you know. (laughs) And she's in New York (laughs) talking about, you know, just whatever you talk about. So she has succeeded and he's watching her, but they are obviously not together anymore. Devastating. Devastating. So Sarah reached out to the door and Dewey, who's again already drinking at eight in the morning, he's like grizzled and he comes to the door because he's been stabbed so many times. He's like, yeah, how can he even like move around? And he's like, why should I talk to you? And Sam immediately is custody. He's like, I'm Billy Lewis's daughter. And I, both me and my sister have been attacked. And Dewey's like, all right, you got five minutes. And <laughs> he's like, like this again. Yeah, he's like, could you, could you help us? You know, and Dewey's like, I have been almost killed multiple times. I am not getting involved, but I will give you any insight I'm able to give you. And so they kind of give him like the catch up, you know? Yeah. And he says, first of all, how long have you known this man? How long have you known Richie? Did he know about this when you guys met? And she and they're both like, no. And Richie's like, I was in Modesto when Tara got attacked. Like, and he's like, that doesn't matter. Never trust the love interest. Mm. You know, and he says they're sweet and caring. And then it's welcome to act three when they're trying to rip your head off. You know, and so and Richie's like, it couldn't have been me. And Dewey's like, shush, that means nothing. I have been through so much. Shush. Two. 
The killer's motive is always connected to something in the past. We already knew this. This is like yes. every mo- every yes. sequel. The first victim always has a friend group that the killer is a part of. Not true in Scream 3, but other than that. Scream 3 breaks the mold a little bit. It truly does. So if you could find out like who it is, and basically if you could find out why they're doing this, you could figure out who they're going to kill next. Yes. Great. Never has never happened in any of the movies before, but maybe right. this time. Yeah, maybe now they'll finally figure it out. And then he kicks him out. He's like, five minutes to get the fuck out of my trailer. As soon as Sam and Richie leave, Dewey calls Sydney. And we see her. She's running with a stroller. Oh, good for Sid. And she's in, I don't know, the Bay Area. I have no idea. I'm not good with, uh, probably North Carolina where they shot it. But yeah, like, I mean, honestly, yeah. Gorgeous, like running on a boardwalk near like a beautiful river. She Aww. looks great. And she answers and she's like, oh my God, Dewey, like I haven't talked to you in forever. How are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm, about, good, to, <laughs> I'm about to drop the girls off at school. And she references her husband, Mark, who I think we're supposed to believe is Mark Kincaid, the detective from Scream 3. I like, I want that for her. Me too. She so, deserves a McDreamy. So maybe they dated, they broke up during the events of Scream 4. You know, they were on the outs and then yeah. they reconnected. And now they have at least two daughters that we know of. I mean, good for them. And he tells her, Cindy, I have bad news. It's happening again, but this one feels different. Do you have a gun? And we saw in the trailer, Cindy says, yes. I'm Cindy fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Yes. And Dewey says, do not come to Woodsboro for any reason. Cindy's like, don't worry, I won't. <laughs> She's like, I will never go there again, yeah. except in this film. So they have a lovely little, like, warm catch-up. And, you know, you Aww. just love to see them talking. And then instead of calling Gail, Dewey texts her. And you see him like, oh, I'll just text her. And he types, ghost faces back, don't come here. And then the next line, hope you're doing well, smiley face. And we hear him say to himself, oh, I probably shouldn't have said the smiley face. <laughs> Allison, Dewey starts to text another line and then he said, he types, I still, and then he stops and he deletes it. He still, he still, he still, and, and I think, for Gail. And I think we're thinking like things have, he's fallen at hard times, but he is still a hero at heart and he's about to step up. So he opens a box and there's like a little like memoriam. And I think we're supposed to think maybe it's her remains of Tatum, like his sister. Right. Of, course, of course, it would be passed on to him after their parents yeah. died. And so he opens a box and he has a gun inside. And so it's sort of like, of all right, I'm going to join this. And so, of course, as Sam and Richie roll up to the Meeks Martinez house to talk to Tara's friend group, Dewey pulls up. He's got a gun. And Rich, even Rich, Richie's like very put off by Dewey because he's like uh, obviously an alcoholic and like you dealing with yeah. stuff. And like also like you think I'm sus- yes. suspicious in a way. Yeah. He's like, oh, good. He's here. And now he has a gun. <laughs> so inside the house we see that um the uh there's like a giant shrine to randy and they sort of have like a um like a high school portrait it's sort of like the randy meeks home theater mm-hmm. and um martha oh. meeks who is played by heather matarazzo she is back as the mom so we get to see a, a great cameo and she's coming in with like you know like snacks yeah like Lacroix and rice krispie treats and the kids are like <laughs> mom you're embarrassing me in front of my friends and at least one oh, if God. not both of the killers like get out of I here mean- what I would do for a LaCroix and a Rice Krispie treat right now. And she's sort of like, ooh, suspects. Like, okay, I'll let you kids do this, <laughs> which is very fun. So all in all, we have Dewey, Sam and Richie, Mindy and Chad, the twins, Amber, Liv, and Wes. So we got the whole game. Okay. And Sam was like, okay, I'm just going to be honest. Now that it's out, I am the daughter of Billy Loomis. And whoever the killer is knew that, which I didn't think anybody knew. And right. they attacked Tara, I think, to lure me back here. And they're like, Okay, but why would that, like, the only other killing that's been going on is the that Vince guy. Who the fuck cares about that guy? Who cares about Vince? Amber reveals that she did some Googling, 
And Vince's mom is Stu Mocker's sister. Another nephew. It's a, another Vince's descendant. Vince's mom is Stu's sister. Okay, got so it. So he is a nephew of one of the killers. Yes. And, okay. And Mindy, who is our... How she's small our, is this fucking town that everybody is related? I don't know. I almost feel like it's bi- way bigger than you think it is because they introduce all these new people where it's like, again, Constantly. we would have heard about them, but... Yes. So Mindy is sort of our new Randy and she goes, Ghostface, he's making a requel. So here's her theory. Okay. Okay, so Stab 8... Wait on me. Which you've re- re- alluded to earlier, Stab 8 came out last year. Okay. And they're like, oh, the Knives Out guy directed it, Ryan Johnson, which I presume is a joke about how all, all like the diehard Star Wars fans didn't like Last Jedi. And mm. we're like, oh, like, you know, the idea, not just specifically Star Wars, but like the idea of fans being like, oh, they ruined my childhood. They ruined the franchise, yeah. like a terrible movie, you know. And there's, and she's saying the hardcore Stab fans hated Stab 8. They were pissed. And like, I can't believe it. Who let them, let him do this movie? And Sam, who I think is supposed to be, is our voice of reason. It's like, it's just some dumb movie. And it's like, wrong. It's never been some dumb movie. Look at the murders in the past, which I think is a fair point. That is valid. Uh, more so than any other movie. Like, these are more than a movie. <laughs> yeah. And Mindy's like, you know, to some, the original Sam is like their favorite movie. It's meaningful. And she says, It sounds like our killer is writing his own version of Stab 8, but doing it as a requel. Allison, what is a requel? Thank you for asking. I was going to ask, what is a requel? They have to, I mean, every, well, you know, it's like a a, a, a scream quill. I'm trying to go with a scream make from a scream form. Scream make, right. So this is a requel. So basically you can't just reboot a franchise from scratch. Fans won't stand for it. It has to be part of an ongoing story, even if that story shouldn't have been ongoing in the first place, which I thought was fun. All right. We got new main characters, but they're all supported by legacy characters. The new Halloween, the Saw movies, Terminator, yes. Jurassic Park, the new Ghostbusters. It has to go back to the original. And, you know, that everyone who is being killed has a link to the original movies, but also that is where our suspect base is also ha- from. Okay. And yeah. Dewey's like, how am I a suspect? And Chad goes like, well, you got stabbed a million times. Your famous wife left you and you crawled into a bottle. Uh, sorry, you're on the suspect list. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't know tell you. Yeah, they don't know. He, they don't know Dewey. Like they don't they do. know Dewey personally, yeah. so they can't have that perspective. But on paper, like, yes, this is suspicious. Yeah. So basically, like, this has to be whoever is doing this is doing their own version of Stab Eight. We're going. The, we're drawing from the legacy characters. We're having new characters, and it's all coming together. And Sam looks at Minnie and screams, "Are you telling me people are dying because of fan fucking fiction?" And Mindy says, I'm not only telling you that, I'm telling you that in this movie, you are the star. And Sam's like, oh, God, like, I can't, I work at a bowling alley. Please, I'm a normal person. Don't make me do this. go away. Go, get out of Woodsboro. And Amber's like, okay, this is fine. This is great. But who's going to die next? Like, who am I? And so Mindy says, whoever's next is connected to someone from before. And they all turn to look at Dewey. And Dewey's like, I'm starting to regret coming here. And Wes pipes up and says, oh, my God, my mother is a character in Stab 4. Scream 4. And Minnie's like, nobody cares about that one. That's, like, the worst movie. (laughs) Like, nobody cares about the shitty sequels. You are safe. But uh, Chad and I are Randy's niece and nephew. Chad and I are probably fucked. We're going to be killed at some point or attacked. Yeah, that's a pretty good assumption. You know, and Richie's like, or you're the killer, and this whole analysis is designed to throw us off of you. And Minnie's like, Listen, I mean, that's fair, but we all know who the killer is at this point. And they say, like, who's the killer? And Minnie said, well, using this logic, it's Sam. Think about it. You come back, you attack Tara to give yourself an excuse to come back to Woodsboro, get revenge on this town for the death of your real father. 
And Sam, who is a normal person, stands up, right. like, practically in tears and storms out. She's like, Smart. this is yeah. not a game. Like, this is my right. life. Like, right. this is horrible. And so she tells Rishi, I'll meet you back at the hotel. And she peels away and, like, to ang- angrily drive around. The best kind of driving, obviously. Truly. Of course, as soon as she starts driving, she sees Billy Loomis in the rearview min- window. The rearview mirror. And, rear view mirror. Yeah. and he's like, oh, boy. The nerve of that girl. And he's like, I can't talk to you. Image of my serial killer father telling me, like, to embrace my lineage. Like, and Billy says to her, are you just going to run away like you always do? Or are you going to go out there, find out who's doing this, and cut some fucking throats? And, of course, she immediately almost, like, slams on her brakes, almost running yeah. in traffic. Great. Unfortunately, Allison, the next people we meet up with is Sheriff Judy. And she's oh, no. running out to pick up sushi for her and Wes. And she tells him, he, mm-hmm. Wes comes back. He just went for a run. And she said, "Take a, uh, go take a shower. I'm going to be back in 20 minutes. Remember to no. set the alarm on the on the door. And they have a very That's cute, it. you know, like, again, idyllic home. But, you yes. know, and there's all these, like, bird sounds in the backyard. Of, it's broad daylight, which also makes it very scary, like, how cute they've made it look. Yes. And I did like that the blonde we see showering is a guy. So I thought that was, like, a fun, a fun, fun. twist of a theme. Fun for us. Allison Judy is almost at the sushi place when she gets a call. It's Ghostface. And he says, hello, Sheriff Judy. What's your favorite scary movie? And she says, I prefer animated films and musicals. Why are you doing this? And Ghostface says, I'm going to turn myself in. I'm going to explain to you why I killed two people. And Sheriff Judy says, well, you've only killed one. He's like, that's the thing. By the time I see you, I will have gutted your baby boy. And she's like, how do I know you're even anywhere near my son? And Ghostface says, have you seen the movie Psycho? So, of course, Ghostface knows he's in the shower. Judy hits the U-turn, tires screeching. She's calling in reinforcements, panicking, uh, tries to call Wes, but again, he's in the shower. Right. And Ghostface is calling, like, Judy's begging for Wes's life, like, speeding down the road. Allison, Sheriff Judy makes it back, leaps out of the car, runs out the front door, only to have Ghostface step out and just stab her to death. I mean, that's what I was afraid of. Yes, absolutely. Like, it's a trap. Luring her back. And yes. she's so, she is off Panicked her game. and scared. Yes. Yeah, it's not like she's, like, showing up to investigate something. It's like, her son is yes. possibly getting murdered. Like, of course she's going to be panicked and scared. Yeah. I mean, do I think in reality the sheriff would have her gun on her or in the car yes. with her and would have... Yes. Ar- yes, I do think that. There's also a funny moment in the car where she's texting someone from work, which you shouldn't text and drive, obviously, but... Don't text and drive. They're, so they're texting like, hey, um, just a nudge. Like, uh, did you have those papers that Deputy Vincent was going to send over? And the person replying said, I sent those to him two weeks ago. And <laughs> Sheriff Judy's like, ha ha, okay, great. He said he hadn't gotten them. I owe you a, a smoothie. So again, we're establishing the Deputy Vincent is... an incompetent moron. Yeah, so that's kind of fun. Unfortunately, she's being murdered outside. Wes is in the shower, doesn't know about any of this. So oh, when he gets out of the shower, Wes. this is very long. I, I love this whole sequence where he basically opens every cabinet and door in the house. And every time he opens it and shuts it, you think Ghostface going to be behind him. Over yes. and over again, he goes to the fridge, gets out the lemon squares, as his mother is known she for. Loves the lemon square. Um, he shuts the door. He goes to gets plates. Shut the cabinet. There's no ghost face. Unfortunately, he then notices the front door is standing ajar. He goes oh. back to lock it and arm it, and when he turns around, in I think the most brutal moment of the movie, um, Ghostface stabs him through the side of his neck. So oh. you see the blade go in the front of his neck and then out the back of it, but it's like no. through the side. And, like, has to force it through, like, pressing him against the door while he tries to grab, like, his taser, his his, his um, pepper Something. spray. They're just yeah. out of reach. 
And now, unfortunately, both Sheriff Judy and Wes. Um, that's a feature wrap on both of them. I know. I, characters I both liked and would have liked to see more of. Yeah, would have like gotten more from them, but all right. So spotting police rushing to the scene, both Sam and Dewey convene on the uh, on Sheriff Judy's house and sort of like, who's been killed next? Who is the next one? And that is the moment where we see someone approach Sam, and it is the one, the only Gail Weathers, and she is on the scene. And they sort of have a moment. And, I love Gail so much. And Gail's like, to Sam, Gail says, did you know the sheriff? And Sam says, yeah, she didn't like me very much, though. So. And Gail says, yeah, me either. Just that Gail notices Dewey and runs up and just punches him in the shoulder. And she's like, a text? You told me Ghostface is back in a text. A text. Like, what is wrong with you? And he's like, we oh, were married. Bitch, <laughs> we were married. We are, we're still in love, you know? It just yeah, didn't work we out. both were almost murdered by this, you know, character person. Like, you're going to text me? And so in case you're wondering how long it's been since they have seen each other, Gail says, why aren't you in uniform? When did you step down as sheriff? As sheriff? And Dewey tells her, when they asked me to. So I think Aww. we're to think his alcoholism was, had gotten to the point where he, yeah. you know, just wasn't wasn't able to do the job. And Dewey, of course, is like, oh, Gail, I knew you'd show up. I knew you couldn't resist a, a good story. And he was like, don't be an idiot. Like, I'm here because of you and because I'm familiar with these. And they both turn and they see Gail's, like, camera crew setting up. And she's like, okay, yes, obviously my producer wants me to cover this for obvious reasons, but it's mostly yeah. you. Sure. And they have this, like, again, this conversation is also about, in my mind, Courtney Cox and David Arquette's relationship. Absolutely. Which, I assume that yes. they are inseparable. Like, the 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 story of Gail and Dewey is exactly the same as Courtney and David Arquette. <laughs> like, again, I assume I know that, that they're one and the same. Yeah, I don't know that. But, like, <laughs> they, they, it just, they just couldn't make it work. And so yeah. they reveal that when she got this amazing opportunity to move to New York, Dewey moved to New York for two months, and then he Aww. left in the middle of the night Aww, without telling Jimmy. her... And she's like, why Like, why didn't you talk to me about that? Like, what, what happened? He's like, I just couldn't hack it. And I was a coward about it. And I'm sorry. Like, I just, I, I, did, I was too ashamed that I couldn't do it. Yeah. And she's like, it would have meant something had you told me. Like, you're, and also like, you're a lot of things, but you're not a coward. Like, you were meant to be in Woodsboro. And like, I get that. And yeah. Dewey says, and you weren't. And I'm like, oh, please, God, together. put them together. Oh. And Dewey says to Gail, promise me you'll leave as soon as you can. And Gail says, you know I'm not promising you that. I'm not leaving. We know she how can. this goes. Back at the motel, you know, Sam's on the scene. Back at the motel, Richie is watching a YouTube video. And it's about, like, uh, people, like, railing against Stab 8. And apparently Stab 8 was spelled S-T-A-8. The 8 was the B. Okay, I mean, it works better than five cream. Well, I think it's like, there was a joke about how they were going to name it five cream. I'm like, if anything, it makes me like five cream better. Me too. Because it's just dumb. Allison, in the corner, which I, I want to say, shout out to Doug, who sent me this on Instagram. Hello, Doug, okay. if you're watching. I didn't notice this. I saw this twice in theaters and I did not notice this. So that's on me. In the corner of the YouTube video, like, you know, like it's, you have like the, oh, here's what's going to play next. The oh, next. Yes. Video, it is a video that says interview with Woodsboro survivor Kirby Reed. Kirby from Scream 4 lives. I love that for Kirby. And it makes me think that she's going to be in the next Scream. I think so too. Does that, I think like otherwise, sense. why would they exactly have that? And like much like every other Scream movie, like um, Jack Quaid, who um, plays Richie, he talked about like 
everyone had a different script. No one had the full script. So it yeah. could be that, like, in some version, she was going to be in the movie. Totally. And they're like, to we just throw people off. Yeah, we just don't have time. So I think having that makes me hope that she's in the next one. So That'd fingers nice. crossed. Um, Sam tells, you know, him, like, the sheriff and Wes have been murdered. And Richie goes, he, he killed the sheriff? You could do that? Which is also my reaction. Like, oh, no. Like I know. I'm like, well, who's in charge now? <laughs> well, I'll tell you who it is. Sam, just then, at the crime scene, spots Deputy Vincent, the chuckle fuck who's supposed to be watching at the hospital, watching her sister. And she runs over. That's and she's jackass. like, who is watching my sister? And he's like, there's like one person in that hospital. No one's fine. Like, no one's going to get in. It's hospital security. It's like the hospital you, is basically a parking lot. It's right. Truly yeah, not anything. Put her out in a field in the yes. middle of the night. How, how all the good you're going to do her. Of course, Allison, she's not okay. And Sam jumps in her car. And as soon as she does, Dewey gets in the passenger seat because he's ready to cowboy up. He's and like, we're doing this. I'm here. You're here. He's going to step back into his power. He's going to be a hero. And they speed off to help Tara, which brings me to my question, Allison. Who will survive this movie? survive. I mean, I think Dewey, Gail, and Sydney all will. Mm -hmm. I hope that Sam and Richie do, and that that love is real. Okay. I think almost everybody else is going to do. Right. So we got um, Chad and Mindy, our yes. jock and our um, movie nerd. They're, are they the twins? Yeah, no. they're the twins. They're the twins. So they're going to die because they're Randy's niece and nephew. Um, yeah, we got Amber, who's kind of like the bitchy friend. Yeah, Amber. Amber's gonna go. She had we, her. She 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 survived once. That was probably it for her. And then what about Tara, the sister? Oh, I think. I hope Tara survives. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tara survives because I think that would be nice for Sam. Great. And then Liv. Oh, I'm gonna tell you. Uh, we all know Hi. Liv is just there for the body count. I'm sorry. Yep. I was just like same with Vince. Like you see yes. Vince, you're like, yeah, you're you're here to get you're dead. You're just here to get you're here murdered. to get dead. Yeah, you're here to get dead. So, so God bless Liv. Dead. But there is no point. And there's a couple of moments in this movie that I'll highlight later where they're like, wow, you thought this. It's like no one thought that. No one thought that. Much like Liv, like I at no point. So I feel fine telling you now, it's not Liv, and it's not Liv. she is grist for the mill. Liv won't be. Live, laugh, Live. die is what I would yeah. say about Liv. Live, laugh, die. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. 
Okay, so Allison, this is also like the person who has to go through so much shit is Tara. Tara, again, Jenny Ortega, Poor great Tara. actress. She is 90 pounds soaking wet. She is like a tiny child. Yes. She needs help. She needs like somebody there. She needs a guardian. She needs like, again, a deputy or a police officer there. And she is alone on this private wing. So, of course, when she needs something, she presses the button. Nobody comes. The of button course. has been disconnected. She has of no course. way of reaching anyone. And she, her leg is broken, so she is not only right. in a cast, she has to, she uses a wheelchair to get around. She cannot right. even walk, walk under her own power. She needs help. Yes. Allison, suddenly the lights in the private wing go out, of course. They shouldn't even pay for electricity in the private wing. No, it's there's just no point. to be killed in there. Yes, that's all that it's there for. You go there to die. It's Florida. Luckily, Tara's no idiot, so she, like, literally pulls out her tubes, painfully, like, her like stitches ripping, bones cracking, gets into the wheelchair and tries to wheel down to the nurse's station where the um, security guard should be. And she's like, help, you know, like just painfully gets down there. Allison, the security guard is, has of course been stabbed to death and his gun is gone. And she, because she's smart, even looks for his gun to be like, well, I guess I got to get a weapon. It's gone. So she's like, well, fuck. Meanwhile, we see, like, Sam, like, Tokyo drifting through Woodsboro to try to get to the hospital. <laughs> Dewey's, like, screaming and holding onto the dash, like, just whipping around the corners. Tara's able to get back to her room and tries to hide as a figure yeah. approaches the door. And he enters, and she just swings at him with her crutch. Luckily, it's just Richie. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, okay. Sam called me. He was afraid for you. Just then, Ghostface appears behind Richie and just cold cocks him. He hits his head on the ground. Richie is out for the count. He cannot help. Like, Tara had a no. moment of like, oh, okay. Okay, phew. JK, yeah. here comes Ghostface. Yeah, he unfortunately now has, he, he is out cold. Oh, no. So Tara, again, she's a resourceful gal. She swings the IV bag, like pull it, Ghostface, knocks him over, and then just starts this most painful, slow, awful chase, like like <sighs> screaming. It's like a, a very affecting. I, I thought this was a great sequence. Okay. Just then, Richie's phone rings, so Ghostface answers. It's Sam. And Sam's like, Richie, did you get there? And Ghostface says, here's a question for you. Oh, my God. Who do you want to hear die right now? Your boyfriend or your little sister? And Sam was like, please don't hurt either of them. It's I'm not going to so unfair. Why does she have to live like this? And Ghostface is like, oh, you can't even save your little sister. Like, just say kill Richie and I'll do it. And then Ghostface th- flips over Tara's wheelchair. So she's crawling on the ground towards the elevator. Like, Jesus. again, every ounce of, of energy she's putting into her survival. And Ghostface says, like, come on, Sam, just make a decision already. Like, maybe you're too weak to be in this franchise. And Sam says, on the phone, or maybe I'm just stalling for time. Just then, the elevator digs, and Dewey comes out, guns blazing, and just starts shooting at Ghostface, Sam immediately behind him. Ghostface, like, dives into the hospital room, and they run, both run over to Tara. They're trying to help her, and Dewey runs over to help Richie, who, like, comes to, and they're all, like, getting, getting Tara together, just as Ghostface, like, explodes out of the hospital room, and he raises his knife to stab Dewey, and Dewey shakes his head, and he says, not today, and headbutts Ghostface so hard that Ghostface flies into, of course, like all hospitals have, yes. a big glass cabinet full of hospital awards. Worst hospital, hospital. of the world. Least terrible hospital. ever. <laughs> Number one most terrible hospital, 2020. Like every, the worst awards. And just Ghostface <laughs> smashes the cabinet, falls to the ground. Thank God. Ghostface appears to be 
unconscious at this uh, point. Yeah. So they're able to scoop tear up, say on Richie, they carry tear it to the elevator. But Dewey pauses and he tells them, you have to shoot Ghostface in the head, which is what we learned well, in Scream correct. 3. He's correct. If not, they always and come back. One. And Scream says, who gives a fuck? Just get on the elevator. And Dewey looks at her and says, I do. And the elevator closes because he is a hero. He is a hero. Oh, and he deserves Gale. So Dewey makes his way over to Ghostface, who's still collapsed. And he raises his gun. And just as he's about to shoot Ghostface in the head, Allison, his phone rings. We don't see it until later. It's obviously Gale. His phone rings. And he looks down for even a second. Ghostface jumps up, stabs Dewey in the stomach. No, Dewey. And then stabs him in the back and tell, whispers to Dewey, yes, today. And as Dewey lowers, as Ghostface lowers Dewey to the ground, we see his phone ringing, covered in blood. It's Gale. Allison, no. he's never going to be able to answer it. And Ghostface leans in and tells Dewey, it's an honor. And then pulls out both knives at once. So he's like, you know, hemorrhaged yeah, blood. Allison, Dewey Riley is dead. <gasps> so let's let's take a moment to oh remember. My God, I actually had an in memoriam prepared. My God, in I mean, the one of the most like of the angels. <laughs> they will find you, Dewey. One of the most like lovable, enduring, important characters in any of the any horror movie. I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, just to hear uh, uh, Mel is living in this town in pre-existing condition. Uh, probably. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> yeah, why I can't so. move anywhere else. That's a good point. Um, Annie just said Courtney Cox got the Scream franchise and the divorce. She sure oh. did. Also, Christina, put your phone on silent. Correct. That is what you should do. And uh, I mean, and to be fair, Elis, of course, if we got a call, there would be a moment of like, oh, should I? no, that's right. I'm about to kill a kill a serial I, killer. I, don't think, I think that if my if all I was doing is walking towards a serial killer to shoot them in the head, it wouldn't not even register to me if my phone started ringing. And and that's the difference. I think it's like it is because it was Gail. You know, he knew Of course. Their and connection was so strong. God, I'm like devastated about their like yeah. I'm like now like so sad for Gail. I know. And Rachel says I'm going to cry and I've never even seen a screen movie. Rachel, you're absolutely right. I was, I was what, in the theater. I'm like, no. That's what this relationship does. It, it, yeah. it, it goes beyond, you know, seeing it on screen. It's imp- it's in the ether. It's important. And then um, Steven says, Woodsboro, Population, Loomis's, Prescott's, and Ghostface's. <laughs> Correct. Those are the three families. <laughs> yeah, one less, Riley. Uh, Sarah, I wish you had died in a slightly less stupid way. This is a great question. I liked it. What, what did you think, Allison? I mean... There was a moment where you're like, really, Dewey, you'd make that kind of rookie mistake. But, like, also, like, with everything Dewey's been through, he's like, no, like, we can't, like, this just keeps happening if I don't do something. Like, right. this is a hero, a hero attempt based on everything he knows. And also, like, the other kids did get away. Yes, he absolutely so, saved Sam, Richie, and Tara. Like, Ghostface would, was obviously still alive. We knew Ghostface was still alive. Right. Like, he was going to come back and kill all of them anyway. So, like, for Dewey to, like, kind of bite the bullet here, so to speak, and 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 try. Yeah. You know, I, and I just... listen, he's nothing if not human, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, RIP, RIP to a real Dewey, one. Dewey the best Riley, one. the best one. Oh, devastating. So in the early mornings, Gail, of course, panicked, probably like calling Dewey a million times, not hearing. She arrives at the hospital just in time to see Dewey's body being wheeled out in a body bag. Jesus Christ. And put in a morgue van. 
And I was like, why, God? It's bad enough, but like, why did she have to see it, you know? And, of course, Courtney Cox, it's her moment. She is sobbing, held up by, like, security guards, like, pulled away. Yes. And Gail's devastated. She's sitting in the hospital waiting room. So it's, like, early morning. Yeah. And Sam approaches oh, her. Gail. and Sam, I'm gonna cry. It, oh, I know. And Sam was like, I didn't know him well, but he helped me. And Gail's like, yeah, that's what he did. I should have stopped him. And she, she says to Gail, you know, if you did, my sister would be dead. And it's like, well, you're right. That's fair. And just then a nurse calls for Sam. Tara is awake. And she leaves Gail to grieve. Jesus, Tara. Suddenly, Gail looks up and Sydney is there. And Sydney says, I came as soon as I could. And they, Sam, like, looks this on. This movie's so emotional. I know. And they embraced. And Gail tells Aww. Sydney, like, you shouldn't be here. And Sydney's like, neither should you, you know. And and Gail's like, are Mark and the girls safe? And she's like, yes, and I'm here to make sure they stay that way. Like, now we're just going to have to just kill, kick ass. We're going to have to kill Ghostface like we have done gals, a million times. Gals killing Ghostface. Um, women be stopping serial killers. <laughs> So Sam was sits with Tara, who again has been through a lot, and they reconcile. And Sam was like, I'm so sorry that I'm the reason that dad left. And Tara's like, I don't care. Fuck him. Like, they could have got a couple's counseling. Like, it's like yeah. he could also, I'm still his child. He could have stuck around and like been right. in my life. You still he did have like, a biological child, also a child you were raising as your own, like, and assumed was your biological child until... Where you raised her for 13 years. Like, you were raised yeah. her since birth. And right. also, the fact that, like, their mother had put that on Sam, when it's not yes. Sam's fault that she found terrible out... Terrible parenting. Yeah, exactly. So, Tara's like, it's not your fault. I was just mad that you left. Like, I blamed you for leaving me. Mm-hmm. And Sam says, that's never going to happen again. Allison, mm. Sam then does the smartest thing anyone in Woodsboro has ever done. She decides that they're going to leave. So she packs up Tara, Sam, throws Sam, her, Sam, Sam, and her crutches Sam. in their little Prius and throws Richie in. And Richie's like, great, I feel great about leaving. Didn't want to mm-hmm. be here. I'm going to get the nope. fuck in the car. And they're getting nope. ready to leave for Modesto. And as they're packing up, it's like the evening, Sydney tries to stop Sam. And she's like, listen, and we saw this moment in the trailer. I know you're not looking for my advice, but I've been through this a lot. A lot. Again, what a fun line. If you want to talk, like if you want to like talk about this, and Sam's like, I'm sorry this happened to you. This, I have to protect my sister. This is not my life. This is your life. Yeah. And Sydney's like, well, I have bad news. Um, it is your life now. And I mm-hmm. tried to run from this, but it fo- It will follow you. Like this will keep happening. It will all- always follow you. And the only way that I we have figured out how to deal with it is you have to confront it. Yeah. And Sam's like, you know, like... That's, with all due respect, that's your life. That's not my life. I, again, mm-hmm. I'm going to a beautiful Modesto, work at a bowling alley. That's where I'm at. And Cindy says, this is your life now, and you need us. You need to finish this with us. And Sam asks, so you want me to help you and the host of a morning show commit murder <laughs> and kill Ghostface? <laughs> and Cindy and Gail are like, mm-hmm, yes, that is what yes, we're that's asking. exactly yes, what we're mm-hmm. asking. Yes. Mm-hmm. But Sam's like, absolutely not. Good luck to you ladies. I mean, you guys are cool. Thanks. Nice meeting you. You're kind of an icon, <laughs> but we're getting the fuck out of town. So she... Yeah. Tara and Richie drive out of town. Fortunately, Sydney put a tracker on Sam's car. So she and Gail are tracking their car. Okay. And I don't know whether the intent is like, we're going to track them down and force Sam to help us. Or if it's like, we're just going to make sure that they get out of town. We're going to keep tabs on them. Yes. And see that they're, yes. Okay. And Sydney's like, I thought it was a real Gail Weathers move. And Gail's like, it was. It was very smart. (laughs) Meanwhile, Allison, and you knew this was coming. Tara is looking through her bag and she cannot 
find her asthma inhaler. And I'm like, go turn around and go back to the hospital. Go yeah. up to the nurse's station and be like, hey, I'm sorry. I meant to ask. I lost my asthma inhaler. Could I just get one? They have one there. Just, yes. uh, just get one. Get one. They have it. Get two. Get two. I, they, they, will, they will. If you've been through this, they know what you've been through. They will come up with one. They'll give you with whatever you. you need. Instead, Tara tells Sam and Richie, Amber has a spare one at her house, so we can just swing by there and grab it. And Richie's like, absolutely not. We are nope. just going out of town. We are not stopping anywhere. But Sam's like, we'll just go. It'll be five minutes. We'll just grab the, your inhaler, whatever. Mm. And Richie's like, you, we barely rescued your sister from a serial killer. I, you know, I go guess- Go back to the hospital. 100%. But I guess he is like, well, we're already on the way. And, yeah, you know, we okay. spent all this time trying to make sure your sister didn't get killed by a serial killer. It would be bad if she died of an asthma attack on the road. Yeah, so, no, it's true. That's true. That's true. So to Amber's house, they go. So I'm actually going to ask for a second time, Allison, who do you think is going to survive this movie? Who will survive? Because this is the real proper, like, third act. Like, this is yes. our... So now we're kind of going into the, the bloodbath. Um, also, Sarah in the chat had referred to this as Chekhov's inhaler earlier, which is very funny. A hundred percent. I think we got, like, we're keeping... Sydney and Gail, because we already lost Dewey. Mm-hmm. We're, Sydney and Gail are going to survive. Yeah, I think that's a fair, a fair bet. I think that now, I now think Tara is going to die. Okay. Um, I think Richie might die. Okay, great. I still think Sam is going to be kind of like the the final girl. Yeah, and then we've got um, Amber, whose house it is. She's going to die. And then we got Chad and Mindy. The twins. And then Liv, you know Liv's Liv. going to, I don't even want to pretend. She I feel is, like they named her Liv as a bit, like as a joke. Because <laughs> she's not going to live. That's very funny. Um, Like, you're just here to die, girl. Also, Molly says the true killer, too much screen time. That's Correct. right. If we didn't look at our phones all the time, we weren't trained like dogs. Check yeah. off cell phone. Right? Check no way. No. Who's the guy? Pavlov. Pavlov. Pavlov's cell phone. Chekhov's inhaler. Pavlov's cell phone. Um, I think you, <sighs> okay. you again, you have learned a lot over the course of the franchise. Mm-hmm. You have educated mm-hmm. yourself. You have allowed yes. yourself to internalize the rules. Taking in the rules. Are are the rules all made without acknowledging the fact that Scream 3 exists? Yes. But we're going to yes. allow it. Um, because of all the good they've given us, we're not going to begrudge them that kind of, you know, um, eh, oversight. Over at her house, Allison, Amber is throwing a big memorial party for Wes, who, as we recall, was brutally murdered earlier today. No, <laughs> <laughs> I guess technically it was the day before, but it's Yesterday. like, that's, I mean, Still, it's like it's pretty close. It's Body's like, not even cold. Yeah, it's like we're teens. How else are we going to celebrate like our yeah. friend dying than like drink, doing tequila shots and give each other hand jobs, you know? <laughs> the way that I want to be remembered. Thank you. So we're at the party, and Minnie comes up to Amber and says, we are low on beer. And Amber's like, ugh, all right, I have to go down to the basement to get it out of the fridge. It's like, didn't you learn from Tatum? She goes to the top of the stairs, flicks on the light. Allison, the light doesn't go on. So she has to go down into the basement to turn on, like, the overhead, like the no. like the little metal chain. Yeah. So she's descending into the basement alone and has to turn it on. She you opens- should, no one should be doing anything by themselves yes. in Woodsboro ever, but definitely when Ghostface is active. 100%. Everyone knows. And especially— Like, bring a buddy. Yes. 
Um, you know, uh, Amber opens the fridge, opens the freezer, shuts the freezer. Mindy is standing right there. And Amber screams like, Jesus, Mindy. And Mindy tells Amber, that was a test and you failed. You never go off on your own when there's a mass killer around. Thank you, Mindy. And Amber says, well, you know what else you shouldn't do? When there's a mass killer around, follow someone into the basement. How do you know that I'm not the killer? And Mindy says, because I am. Just kidding, but what if I was? And then they okay. both have this moment of like, well, what if I was the killer? Well, what if I was it's the like, killer? Well, now you're, you're just alone. giving the killer time to find both of you. Yeah. And Minnie's like, let that be a lesson to you. And then let's go back upstairs. And Amber starts to walk back up and she goes, you go first. And Minnie says, and now you're learning. <laughs> and Minnie goes up and she's, she goes to the living room and the kids are again, of course, as we all have to at the big kind of party, putting on a stab marathon. So they are watching horror movies. Your friend has just been horribly murdered. And even, like, Amber's, like, Chad's, like, going nuts, getting drunk. He's like, you know, our friend did die. Like, we don't have to, like, do this. But Chad's like, how else would you want to be remembered? You know, as a jock, I would love for people to, like, hook up and whatever. However, sure. when Chad, Chad and Liv are on the couch and, you know, we've sort of established, like, they have not had sex. You know, Chad would love to. And Liv finally says, like, you know, I think, like... We just, we should just do it. Like, life is too short. Let's just do it. And Chad's like, Ooh, I'm going to have to take a pass because uh, what if you're the killer? He's like, I would love to have sex, but like, I don't want to be alone with you. I'm so sorry. It looks like, Oh my God, you think I'm the killer? Like, and Mindy's like, No, no, I don't think you're a killer because I think you're too boring. And she's like, yeah. Oh my God, that's even worse. And she storms off to like get an Uber and, and leave. Right. And Chad's like, oh, sorry, babe, you know, whatever. And Mindy's like, Don't go outside. Don't follow her. She's been outside for two seconds. She's probably dead. And he's like, I have, she's my girlfriend. Of course, I'm going to follow her. Like, what are you going to do? And Mindy's like, I will stay inside. I will stay alive. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get high as hell. I'm going to watch these stand mm -hmm. movies. And I, maybe I'm going to hook up with Frances. And Frances is like a nerdy girl on the couch who like sits forward like, oh, <laughs> like, huh? well, I, I'm in the you, mix. Frances. You calling me up? <laughs> Frances is time to shine. I know that was cute. Meanwhile, Chad gets an alert on his phone. Liv has finally accepted his find a friend request. So he thinks, oh, we're playing a sexy game. Chad. You're Ooh. never playing a sexy game with Chad, a serial killer. there are killer. no sexy games in Woodsboro. Um, and so Chad, he tracks down the yard and he's like, where are you? I assume we're going to have sex when I find you. Allison, of course, Ghostface leaps out, just stabs the hell out of him, chases him out. He's trying to call for help, but there's so much blood on his touchscreen. He cannot dial, which is another Jeez. problem with, with I technology. Yeah, a flip phone would never, you know? If you had actually, if you had actual buttons... Blood wouldn't stop you. Blood wouldn't stop you. You just have to push. Chad is being stabbed repeatedly. And as he looks up, trying to call for help, we see Sam, Richie, and Tara arrive. But because he's kind of behind the shrubbery, he cannot, they cannot see that he's just bleeding out on the lawn. Whew. So Sam and Richie, like, Sam is helping Tara into the house. Like, okay, five minutes. We're going to find this shit. Richie, you can stay in the car. And Richie's like, I've seen all the stab movies. And I won't be staying uh. in the car. I will be coming inside. <laughs> That I Richie is a voice of, you know, and I have no idea what ends up happening to him, but he is like a voice for all of us. Yes, he's trying to give... He's like, this he's is learned. bad. You're asking for trouble. I do not want to do that. So, the, and, and and Sam's like, and if you could please, like, we are trying to be in and out. So, like, the less people that notice you, like, the better. Like, I don't want you, like, to get caught up talking right. to that one. They open the door and everyone sees Tara is up and about. knowing that he's, And they're all like, Tara's here! Beer keg! Like, uh, like, keg stands. Like, everyone's yeah. like, hooray! Which, again, you would be if your friend was almost killed by a serial killer. You'd be like, yes, she's and here! And, of course, Tara's on crutches. Like, she's still, you know, yeah. she's still dealing with her injuries. And Sam and Richie are like, Amber, why are you throwing a party with a murderer around? And he's, she's like, well, 
I mean, you know, guys, go home. You know, like, everyone ignores her. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so finally, Richie's like, everyone, shut it down. Everyone leave. And one kid goes, someone's weird dad is here shutting the party down. Which, even though he's supposed to be like 25 or whatever. Right. And so he's like, everyone, Sam and Tara both been attacked by Ghostface. Anyone who stays here is a target. So leave. And everyone's like, that's fair. And so all the kids yeah. start heading out. <laughs> Correct. Mindy is still there and she's still on the couch. She's stoned. Francis leaves and she's watching Stab One. And she's like, you know, feels a presence behind her and whips around its live. And she's like, my Uber canceled. Where is Chad? And Mindy's like, did you cut him up? And Liv's like, I am not the serial killer. You always said he was, I was too boring to be the killer. Yeah. And Mindy's like, well, now I'm like wondering, like, was that like the disguise? Like, you're trying to be, you've been boring your whole life in order to throw me off. And Liv turns <laughs> on Mindy's like, you know, I thought you said I was too boring to be the killer, but you're the expert. And you know what happens to the expert? They die, just like your uncle. And she storms out. And it's like, ooh, That's Liv. correct. But also, Liv, you have signed your death warrant. <laughs> like, yep. you, yeah. Bye-bye. So over in their car, Sydney and Gail see the tractor have seen the tracker stopped, and Gail's like, "Oh, are they at like a gas station?" And Sydney sees where it is, and she's like, "Oh, damn it!" Because unfortunately, the location the, where the house is at is has, of course, a bit of history in the franchise. Meanwhile, like Richie is like, "Well, if we're gonna be here for a minute, I'm gonna drink. Where's the beer?" And Mindy's like, "Oh, it's down in the basement. We've already seen oh. Amber get the beer, so it's sort of like there does not seem to be any beer. That's our first moment of like something is amiss." Yes. And Richie said, like, will you come down with me? And Minnie's like, I won't. But you were right to ask. That was very smart. But I'm not getting off the couch. And so Richie goes downstairs. And there is a scene where she is watching the fictional version of her uncle yell at Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween on the TV. And he doesn't understand that he should turn around because the killer is behind him. Yes. Allison, as Mindy is watching, Ghostface comes in the room. So as she's yelling at the fictional version of her uncle, yelling at his own horror movie, she's like, turn around and does not see it. But then finally has this moment where she looks over and goes, oh, shit. And Ghostface, unfortunately, stabs her in the neck. And There's so much neck stabbing in these movies. And they were right to do it because it's so horrible. It's It's horrible every time. And basically throws her across the room. Like, fighting, brawling, horrible. Meanwhile, Sam is like another part in the room, gets a call from Sydney. And Sydney says, get the fuck out of the house. Somebody must have been trying to drag you, like bring you there, lure you there as part of their plan. You were in Stu Mocker's house, the murder house from Scream 1, obviously. Yes. Yes. Get out of there now. Unfortunately, now she's hearing Mindy scream as she's being attacked. So she runs in just and smashes a, a lamp over Ghostface's head. Ghostface runs out. Just then, everyone else runs in. And so it looks as if Sam may have been the one who attacked Mindy. And Mindy's not in any, uh, like, she's alive, but she's, like, bleeding out. Can't respond and tell them it was somebody else. Amber and Tara run in. Amber's like, oh, my God, you attacked Mindy. You're the killer. No. And she's like, no, I I didn't. And then then Richie runs in. And they're like, where were you? You were in the basement. He's like, I was in the basement. I was alone. Liv runs in. And Liv's hands are covered in blood. And everyone's like, why are your hands covered in blood? And Liv says, mm. I found Chad in the yard. I am not the killer. I am. I didn't do it. And Amber pulls a gun out of her pants and says, I know. And just blows Liv's brains out. And everyone scatters screaming as Amber laughs and says, welcome to Act 3. I would argue it actually started a little earlier. But the point of it is, Amber is one of the killers. And she is oh, pulling shit. back the veil. And it makes sense. As you find out, this is her house. So if she lives in Schumacher's sure. house, was there is a design at play. Yes. 
Fortunately, just then, Sydney and Gail have reached Schumacher's murder palace. They're both armed, and they are both wearing bulletproof vests because they have not come to play. They know, yeah, they know how this goes. They're prepared. And they time. see Amber run out, and she's screaming, and she's like, help me, he stabbed me, help me. And they're like, have this moment, I think it was in the trailer, where they're like, is that real, or is there a trap? And Gail says, a trap. And then Amber just takes her gun and just shoots both of them. And Mrs. Sydney hits Gail in the side. So Gail is now injured, and Sydney's like, go, call 911, go to the hospital. And she's like... Oh, the hospital? No one's there. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I'll call the I'll call a tree. You know what I mean? I'll call, yeah, like, right. the middle of nowhere. I'll call the moon. And so, <laughs> and Gail basically says, we're going to end this for Dewey. Like, because oh, he sacrificed so much, we have to do this. But now, but she's injured, so Sydney has to enter the house alone. But Sydney is Ugh. a pro. So she yeah, enters the house... I'm not worried about Sid. Everyone is scattered and is like hiding or running in the house. She gets a call from Ghostface and welcoming her to his movie. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to be honest. This is hack. I've seen this movie a million times before. And Ghostface says, but it was enough to get you here, wasn't it? And that was sort of the point. It's like, but yet it might be a hack movie, but yet you're here in the house, you aren't keep you? keep coming back. You can't stay away. So Sydney, because she's smart, like knows this Ghostface is going to jump out of a door. She just right. starts shooting through every closed Smart. door. Good. I was like, that's thinking. Until Finally, she hits someone. Somebody comes in with a plan. She hits Richie, who is hiding in a closet. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm hiding from the killer. Help me. And Sam. Oh, Richie. Didn't ask yeah. this. Sam is searching desperately to find Tara. And finds Tara, like, tied up in a closet and goes to untie her. And they ha- she has this moment with Richie where it's like, um, I'm going to just say this. Is Tara the second killer? And and Sam was this moment of like, and I'm seeing like the idea that you even like this again, soaking wet 90 pounds. Yeah. We've seen her in the hospital the whole time. Yes, I guess technically yes. Amber could have been doing all the other stuff. Sure. But the likelihood that it could be Tara is to me so comical that I saw this twice and I didn't even think we, for a second we th- actually thought that that could be possible. Right. But Sam's like, I, I guess I don't know her, I, I, but I, that just seems unlikely. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the house, Ghostface busts out of a closet to attack Sydney, and they both get thrown over the second story landing. Of course, there's so many landings oh, and yeah. like you know levels to this mansion. And that's the thing. That's another downside of home ownership: just a bigger yes. space for Ghostface to hide in and exactly. murder all your friends. And the like, uh, Sydney's drops her gun, and they're they're kind of both scrabbling for it. And luckily, Sam runs in and grabs the gun. And, you know, Cindy's screaming, shoot, hmm. Ghostface, shoot, Ghostface. And Cindy's right behind her. And Rich, uh, Richie, sorry, Richie is right behind Sam. And Cindy's screaming, shoot, Ghostface. Richie turns and stabs Sam, Sam in the side. Richie is the second killer <gasps> this whole time. And he reveals, not only is he the killer, which makes him a pretty bad guy. He yeah. reveals that he's the one who took Tara's inhaler while they were at the hospital. Death penalty. Electric chair. Yeah, kill him. Absolutely. Uh, dead. I mean, you, you, I mean, you do what you got to do. But now I'm like, you like should die for that him to death. Yeah. 100%. Whatever you need to do to kill this person, absolutely unacceptable. And so, of course, the ghost face that Sydney's brawling with pulls it off, and it's Amber. And both she and Richie laugh. And Richie says, I know, it's a bummer, it's me. And he has the ghost face, like, voice. Yeah, yeah, And he goes, but it really is the best choice for the movie. And Sam's like, this isn't a movie. And Richie tells her, it will be. Which brings us to their villainous plan. And thank God they're going to lay it out. I know. I need, I'm like dying for this villain speech. Yeah. 
So um, they heard Sam, Sydney, and even Gail. They go get Gail out of the yard. They haul her inside, and they all have them in the kitchen. And the way they see it, Richie and Amber are diehard Stab fans. And Stab 8 sucked so bad that Richie and Amber decided that they need to give the studio's original IP to make a good Stab movie again. They're like, the only good Stab movies were the ones actually based on real murders. The, you know, first three. The first cup, yeah. I don't know what ever brings up Stab 5, which we know involves time travel. I wish, <laughs> oh, I wish that would be brought back. Just let again. us write it. And they're like, listen, like everything in Hollywood requires existing like source material, which is true if you ever try to sell anything. And Richie's like, they laugh at the fans. We're a joke to them. But how can fandom be toxic? It's about love. And like, obviously, they're like these toxic fans who, yeah, you get hate, hate Star Wars, sure, you sure, know, that sure. kind of thing. Amber, who was already a super fan, moved into Stu's house. So she just happened to move into Stu Mocker's house with her parents. And she met Richie on, of course, much like in Scream 3, a forum for insane people who love stab movies. And they okay. concocted this plan, which would require tr- Richie. They had to not only track down Sam, seduce her, and Richie had to become her How did they even know that she was Billy's daughter? So here's the thing. Sam says, how did you know? And Amber laughs and says, Sam, this is a small town and your mom is a drunk. Everybody knows. So basically the idea is like, Tara didn't know, Sam didn't know, everyone knows. Like it's like an open secret. And she's like, Tara was like the only one who didn't know. And it's sort of like, oh, I guess I didn't have to like almost ruin everybody's life for keeping a secret. Yeah. And Sam says, so you did all of this just to make me the hero of your fucked up movie. And Richie tells her, no, 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 baby. You're not the hero. You're the villain. The daughter of Billy Loomis, who hallucinates her dad, which you told me because I'm your boyfriend and I said I loved you, so you're open with me about your mental health problems. No. It's the perfect villain. Yes. I mean, it's great, but I hate this for Sam. You know, and it's sort of like Amber's like, no, the only problem with Sam franchise, you don't have one killer. So you keep having to go back to the legacy characters. You have to have people coming up with this. But the daughter of the original villain, it makes so much sense. It's so satisfying. And Dewey had to die to show that our movie really had stakes. And, you know, honestly, in a requel, anyone could die. Just then, Sydney, like, has been edging towards, like, the butcher block, lunges to get a knife. Allison, Amber just stabs Sydney in the stomach. And Richie's telling Sam, like, you should have listened to Dewey. It really always is the the love interest. Like, that he was right to tell you it. And nervous about Sid. Unfortunately, so yeah, so Sydney's now injured and Gail. Sam is the only one who isn't. And Richie tells Amber, go get Tara, who again is still like loose, like tied up in the house. Oh, God. She's still in a closet somewhere. Again, has been through so much. So much. And he said, I mean, Sam, can you even believe for even a split second, I made you think that it could be your sister? Like, that is pretty funny. So like, Amber, go get Tara. We can start staging the bodies after we kill all of you. Allison, when Amber goes to find Tara, Tara is gone. Good. And Sam says, I never thought it could be her. And I untied her, like, as soon as I found her. Like, I I never would have thought that. And just then, Richie's phone rings. And Tara steps out of a doorframe and just smacks Amber across the face with her crutch. Yes, we love a crutch. her to the ground. Unfortunately, Tara's a tiny gal, so, like, Amber grabs her and just, like, throws her against the doorframe and, and smashes her head. Great. But luckily, in that moment of, like, confusion and, like, kerfuffle... Sam is able to grab Richie's gun and they start fighting over it. His gun hits the ground. Sam bites his arm before like getting loose and running through the house. So now Sam is loose. Sydney and Gail are still kind of not doing great. 
Yeah, so well, they're older gals now. And they both have been injured. You know, like yes. they both have been one stop, shot, one stab. Amber returns to the kitchen and Amber is this true nightmare. I didn't, that's why I didn't do like casting, like who played this is because I think if you knew who played Amber, it is sort of a tell to like, this person is a villainous character because it's Mm -hmm. Mikey Madison who played Sadie. um, And she is, I don't know if you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did not. Oh, dang it. Okay. Well, there's a final sequence where she is part part of the Manson family. And I feel like if you knew that she was kind of like, one of her iconic roles was like this crazy eyed killer. Yeah. It might be like a, she's not just simply the friend. Yes. yes. And look, she's great at this. She's great as like the serial killer. And so Amber comes in and they are just, she lets her super villain out and they're just in a full on brawl. Like Sydney and Gail are fighting her. And Sydney grabs a huge glass container of hand sanitizer and smashes <laughs> it over Amber's head. And, she, and Amber screams, fucking hand sanitizer. Like it's in her eyes and she's screaming. Oh, and it's so slippery. And she, they start wailing on her, and she's like, No, 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 it was the message board. I was radicalized by movie fans. Yes, they're so mad. Please, it's not my fault. I'm just a dumb kid. I just wanted to be a part of something. A part of something. You killed my best friend. Yeah, and he died like a pussy. So Gail hauls off and fucking punches Bye. him right in the face, as well she should. Unfortunately, they are fighting, but both of them are wounded. So eventually, Amber's able to get Gail on the ground, and she's strangling Gail. And she says, I can't believe I get to do you both. I get to kill you and Dewey. Your story's over and it's time to pass the torch. And Gail says, it's all yours, bitch. And then kicks Amber up onto the stovetop. And Amber, fortunately, nudges the burner. So now the burners are on. And Sydney hands uh, Gail Richie's gun and says, you could do the honors. And Gail shoots Amber, not only shooting her multiple times, but sending her falling face down onto the lit burners sending the hand sanitizer alight. Oh, my God. And she screams as she burns, which if you've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't want to ruin it, but there, it is a, an homage to that. And Great. Sydney says, enjoy that torch. And I was like, hooray! Somebody died horribly. Meanwhile, uh, as Sam is almost to the front door, almost able to escape when Richie catches up to her and gets her down on the ground. And he's like gloating over her like, you're no Sydney, you're Billy. And everyone knows about the stab movies. The villain always has to die. Just then, correct. Sam looks up at sort of the, there's like a mirror in the foyer and she sees Billy Loomis and he sort of like gives her like a look over there, Nod. And it's, um, there's a knife that is one of the ghost faces knives has clattered under a curtain. And Billy Lewis literally gives her like a proud fatherly smile. And she's able to reach under the curtain and grab the knife without Richie noticing. And he grabs her hair and is about to kill her. And Sam tells Richie, you're forgetting one important rule. And he said, what's that? Never fuck with the daughter of a serial killer. And she is on him like an animal. Like she goes absolutely nuts, just stabbing the hell out of him. Richie collapses and she's just straddling him, stabbing him. And then finally slits his throat good and of course as in every screen movie then neatly wipes the blood off the knife we well done that. and also it's sort of like yes i am a serial killer and i'm giving you permission to kill it's like well yeah. that's a more complicated do it girl yeah <laughs> meanwhile Cindy and, and gail have, wa- have walked in and are watching this and they, she finally stands up and they look down at rich and they tell her well be careful because they always come back just then amber who is burned the hell up runs screaming with a knife in from the kitchen, about to attack them when a bullet rips through her head and she drops to the ground and they turn and it's Tara who must have picked up the gun in the kitchen. She says, 
I still prefer the Baba Duke. Again, love it. <laughs> and we end on ambulances and reporters are starting to arrive. And we discover that both Chad and Mindy, Meeks Martinez, have survived, which oh, makes me that. think they are in the next one. Yeah, I think so too. And as they load Tara into the hospital, she tells the uh, paramedics, Can you take us to a different hospital this time? So she did follow uh, uh, our chat's advice. Thank you. We're going to go you. with town over, we're going to go yes. somewhere else. And Sam goes to say goodbye to Gail and Sydney. And Gail says, like, at least I know what I'm going to write about now. And Sam's like, oh, you're going to write about the murders? And she's like, no, these fuckers could die in anonymity. Like, no one's going to know their name if you ask me. I'm going to write something about a good man who was once the sheriff of this town. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and Sydney says, I'd like to read that story. And Sam turns to Sydney like, will I be okay? And Sydney says, eventually. (laughs) And finally, we see Sam get in the ambulance with Tara, finally reunited as sisters, and they drive off as a new young reporter is there. They arrive on the scene and tells us. A new Gale. 25 years ago, almost to the day in this exact house, a tragic story ended. Tonight, a new chapter closes. Scream and... Yeah. Wow. I didn't want to interrupt uh, kind of that run up to the end with some of our chat, but... um... Jill said they always have to shoot Gail because she would 1,000% kick everyone's ass Absolutely. in a nice fight. Which You're is completely so right. true. They have to take... She is a yeah. scrappy badass fighter. I would not want to go up against her, even though I'm a much bigger woman. <laughs> Hope says, how much scar tissue do Gail and Sydney have? have? Jesus, that's a great question. Yeah. These, these poor legacy characters are all scarred up, which they also reference. Remember, that's how um, Dewey survived in Scream oh, 2. scar tissue. So like, he got stabbed, but luckily he was stabbed in scar tissue. He was able to survive. And it's like, well, sure. Well, it's all, um, I don't even know. Yeah. Who knows? And then Dee said of Richie, uh, he got a job at a bowling alley for this, which is very funny. <laughs> Doesn't seem worth it to me, but um, he's dead now. You know, and I was going to say, uh, Ariel says, ask ask Allison who she thinks the killer is. I didn't, but only because I knew that I had Allison on the hook for thinking that Richie was like a good guy. So I didn't yeah. want to ask her and tip it off that like, okay, you know, like who's who amongst it? us? Yeah. And I hope that I did that effectively and you were genuinely like, okay. I was genuinely surprised. Yeah, the way you were like, that poor Richie. I'm like, yes, yes, Richie's (laughs) the good one. Seems like your designs have worked. Um, Yes, that's a great question. Much like um, Tibley Oliphant's character having to enroll in college, get get grades good enough to go to college, enroll in in college. Pay for college. Pay for college (laughs) or get loans, have his parents take out loans in order to kill at Debbie Salt's behest. Uh, yeah, Richie really uh, ru- took his whole life apart in order to get a job at a bowling alley in the chance that Sam would be attracted to him, him and interested in him enough to actually be- date him. Which is a pretty, Wild. I-, I mean, insane gamble. And also, I just want to say, so I read what I do believe to be an authentic earlier draft. So I just want to say what some things that were slightly different that Ooh. I thought was really interesting. Let's go. Um, and again, I don't know if this was real, but it seemed... It was pretty much the movie we saw, but with things that were in it. Okay. So in the draft I read, Amber and Tara were dating. So Amber was her oh, love okay. interest. So not I thought maybe sister. it was like, oh. No, no, not her friend. Got it. Yeah. So instead of being just a, like the best friend, they were dating. That was interesting. So uh, it was sort of like, I I, I, I I don't know exactly, but like in this one, the intimation is like Amber and Richie are together as sort of like a sexual like, we're mm-hmm. doing this, but we're love, also love. in love, and yeah. this is our plan is together. So maybe they were like, eh, it gets too complicated if it's too love interest. We'll just have Yay. it be the boyfriend and the friend. 
you meet Tara and Sam's mom and she's horrible. And she basically is like, why'd you come back here? You're ruining everything. I blame you for this. And I see why they took that out just because yeah. like, this is too much. You don't need it. Yeah. You don't need it. Dewey is a suspect and he's sort of the town drunk because he and Vince got into I mean, a fight at the pool hall. Like in the pool great. hall, he's the one who fights with Vince and then Vince gets killed. And there's more Ooh. Dewey in general. Like he has a scene with um, Sheriff mm. Hicks. And um, that was pretty much the only thing. Those were like the, yeah. the remarkable differences. Um, what are some fatal mistakes you think that people have made in cre- Five Cream? Fatal mistakes. Don't go back to Woodsboro. Mm-hmm. Never go back to anybody. Woodsboro. Sam, Gail, like Sydney, like stay away. Dewey, you should have left. Like I just, you know, being in Woodsboro is the most fatal mistake that one can make. Yeah. Because then it's like, yeah, if Dewey had stayed in New York, this would have happened, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't have, he probably wouldn't have been killed. I mean, maybe. Because he's a hero. He would have gone back. He would have come in. And, uh, you know, beyond that, I feel like a lot of people did a lot of good things. Oh, Annie said keeping your phone on. That's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good. And then heading back for the inhaler. Right. I would almost say like. The inhaler. Like, if they had just stopped at a CVS that they could find along the way and been like, this kind of inhaler, like, how, like, do you have anything in stock or can you find one somewhere? Call the hospital from the road. Say, hey, have them call it in. Hey, sorry, could you call in? There's a pharmacy, a 24 hour pharmacy on the road. They will do that. Especially yeah. if you were a, what you've been through. what you've been through, someone will will do it. You probably have to pay out of pocket. I don't know what their situation is, but they would be able to do it. Yes, uh, Teddy said, "Be ungovernable." <laughs> so sure, <laughs> being Joanna, being social in high school. Yeah, Jill once again, forever and for always, answering a phone ever. Yeah, yep, another really good one. Text only, only. text only, text yep. only. Joanna, you're correct. I mean, and that's sort of like. I feel like in the next one, you can't have anybody. But this thing, even if you weren't on a landline, Ghostface uh, ostensibly has the power to infiltrate all technology at any t- point in time. Yes. yes. So even if you're thinking, oh, I won't pick up the phone, he can unlock your door. He can, he's in your he's socials. In. He can text he's you. In. He's getting in. So it's tough when you have this sort of all-seeing, all all-knowing villain. I don't know how to put this, but Ghost FaceTime? That's yes. <laughs> like, write, write this down. Write it down. <laughs> That's it. No context. <laughs> Ghostface has, has his own app. Yeah. And here's <laughs> the thing. You know, Lindy, never trust a man. Correct. And also never trust a woman. I think we could say, also true. Do don't that. trust anyone. This I hadn't planned to ask this, but what is, let's, I, I would like to also, um, what would, what do you want to see happen for Scream 6? Knowing what you know, what do you think is going to happen? Who are we going to see? Because I think absolutely I mean, Kirby. And then I think, Chad and Mindy. Chad and Mindy are probably going to be in the mix. And I hope that Sam is back. Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Oh, Jen Jen in the chat said ghost FaceTime. Thank you, Jen. Um, Also, in the version of the script, I read both Chad and Mindy do get killed. So the fact that they were retroactively allowed to live makes me think, okay, we want them back. So then, Doug, again, I don't know if you're watching Doug. Doug's postulation was that we're going to be back at college. Kirby's going to be a professor. Chad and Mindy are at school yes. with Sam or yes. Tara. 
I guess it'd yeah, be Tara. either one of them would be fine. I, I just like Sam. Yeah. I mean, she's our final girl. Like she she's is. She's our final girl. So I kind of want that. But, uh, and then of course, somehow we need Gail and Sydney to get in the mix. I mean, I mean, I, I, it just, I, I don't know how. Again, yeah. Like, is Sydney teaching? What is her career? Like, what does her career look right, like? What is Sydney up to these days? Also, like, can Gail come, like, do a lecture about journalism or something? I can't like, see why not. I don't see why she couldn't. Um, yeah, maybe Sydney is teaching in the drama department of Windsor College. So she has sort of, okay. like, returned to her roots. It's It's been enough time, you know. Oh, Sabrina said uh, they probably realized Mindy should come back now that she's on Yellow. Now that she's Yellow Jackets famous. Okay, so Mindy's in Yellow. Um, on Yellow Jackets. Tessa or Taisa? Taisa. Taisa. She's teenage Taisa. Oh, oh, oh God! Wow. Okay. Well, she's great. great. She's great in this. She's great. All the teens are great. Um, well, wow. I mean, I I would like to see them back at college for six. I think that would be a fun kind of return to sequel form. Um, and then I guess I'm going to have to ask, I mean, it's the time has come. Where would you like to put five cream on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I think in honor of what it is, mm-hmm. I think it's a five. Yeah. I think it's a five. It's like, it's so much fun. It's more emotional than it is scary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's like horrifically sad. Yeah. Um, but I think if, I think the Scream franchise in general is 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 scary, but not you know I I handled watching the first one and it seems like each like mm-hmm. maybe they get a little bloodier moving forward, but like there nothing is ever scarier. Yeah, we would also love to know the chat where where you would place it. Yeah, where are you guys throwing it? I'm gonna give it a four um, mm-hmm. because yes, I think the actual kills are. not like grotesque or gruesome, but they are scary. Like Wes being sure. stabbed in the neck is scary. Like, they're more brutal than they have been. Yes. I mean, I thought, like, Dewey's actual murder is very scary and gruesome. Um, but, again, I these, this is comfort food. This is going down mm. easy. This is mm. the chicken soup for the soul. So, while, while there's an excitement and the actual kills are scary, I'm, again, like we've talked about in the franchise, more of a sure. whodunit. More of yeah. a... Yeah, closer to a thriller than to a horror movie than some other movies. It's no Babadook, that's for sure. It's no Babadook. I still prefer, and I still prefer the Babadook, but there's always a place for the Scream franchise as well. Katie gave it five creams. Great. Five creams. Dave, Uh, five, the potential of of Sid dying is scary. And I think they do a good job of being like, before you knew there was going to be another one, if Sydney were to die. That is, you're absolutely right. Uh, (laughs) Steven said, it's a three for me due to the sad. Yeah. Steven, I agree. Oh, Lindy asked Hallie, rank the okay. Scream franchise. In terms of scariness, all right. I'm going to go one. Oh, this is going to be so hard. <laughs> five. One, five. One, five, four, two, three. Okay. Three is not scary at all. It's yes. it, When the killer is sending you a fax, you're on. You yeah. the least scary. I think one still, I mean, again, and I one saw it. You, you know, I saw it as a kid. I was going to have that moment of watching. Mm-hmm. Four, I think, has some genuine scares, like scary moments. Yeah. And then look, and then, two, three, we had a great time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I, so I would say, uh, yeah, one, five, one, four, two, three. Two, three. Great. And I feel good about that. I feel great about that. You guys, thank you so much for 
joining us, for watching this, for joining us for not just this, but a month of the Scream franchise. It's been fun. We, I, I, I feel like we have to consider other franchises to yeah. explore in this Yeah, way. let us know what franchise. I mean, like, Saw. I mean, there's always, there's always going to be There's like Saw. a thousand of those. So, yeah, I guess. Oh, boy. There's a bunch of human centipedes. Oh, we're definitely going to do that. Um, we're definitely going to do human centipede. Yeah, I guess we have to look at what, I mean, Halloween. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, and I, I saw, the, I watched the new um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of different mm-hmm. um, sequels. I guess uh, there's one last thing we have to ask you guys for. Um, Thank you for reminding me. Please. 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 Keep, keep it spooky. And also, we love you very much. We love you. you. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. 